0: Now ladies and gentlemen, if you would please welcome to the nice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the has presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com. And listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks made out of bamboo. And let's get into our weekend recap here, fellas. Actually, before we get into the weekend recap, I forgot, you know, we do have a new guest on here, very special guest, one of my favorites, Christian Lyon. And, well thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate having you on.
1: fellas. thanks for having me. Chris,
2: love it.
0: Absolutely. And, as always, I'm joined oh. by uh, Trevor Olson and Jack Mason. Let's, uh, let's get into our weekend recap here, brought to you by Beauty Status. And, like I said last week, guys, Beauty Status has – those head covers for your uh, driver. And they've got poles now for the golf course, as well as all the other stuff. They've got, um, you know, stickers and flags for the man cave. Just very authentic stuff. Um, they do a genuine job there with the uh, Minnesota brand and, and hockey all around. Fellas, what did we also, what'd you get up to on the weekend?
2: Yeah, I was uh, actually pretty laid back. Um, didn't do a whole lot and then uh, made a trip up to Fargo. The gal was in a wedding, so I had to make a four-hour drive up. Was there for literally eight to ten hours. Fell asleep, drove home, and then football all day Sunday. You guys know me. I'm a fucking degenerate on Sundays. I sat there with my hand in my shorts all day. Watched the Vikings mop up the Green Bay Packers. Watched the has fantasy squad go to 1-0 Fucking just a great week of football. So pretty laid back besides the wedding on Friday.
0: Pretty exciting shit there with uh, football coming back. You got to fucking love it.
2: Yeah, big time. Lions. Go Lions, right, Christian?
1: Man, that was – I went to the game on Sunday. First Lions game in a long time. They had the hard knocks buzz going hard. That place when he walked in, like, you know the Lions, similar to – not like the Vikings, obviously their history has been better in the last few years, but, like, they give you that hope just because – Oh yeah, For sure. was usually so disappointing. Um, the hard knocks. Like everybody but downtown was there. It was like tailgating. Like it felt like a real sports team, and the energy, like at kickoff, was unbelievable. We went down the field, scored first drive. I was like, "This is going to be amazing," and then it I, got cold, and and we yeah. lost by like, three points. Trady, it wasn't was three <laughs> three points, man. Like
0: I want to, I want to add on top of what you just said there. Sorry to cut you off a little bit, but the nfl production it's it's just absolute it's it's the best in the world i think in my opinion like the production they put on every fan base at the start of the season thinks like we might be pretty fucking good this year and it's like you got jets you got jets fans saying that shit it's like are you kidding me like are you fucking stupid like there's no chance but they have you believe in every year and that's the best part like oh i'm fully coming in this viking season especially after week 1 like Super Bowl, here we come. Let's go.
1: <laughs> You're at least winning the NFC at this point. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we are yeah. in first. Yeah, yeah, You guys looked good, but it's also – didn't Aaron Rodgers get killed last year?
0: Uh, week one? Yeah.
2: Yeah, first game against uh, Tampa or something stupid, they got demolished.
1: Yeah, let him relax a little bit. He's on the ayahuasca or whatever he's got going. <laughs> yeah.
0: well, we'll, well, I guess you've already kind of got into your weekend there. What, what else did you get up to? We'll let you go with your weekend.
1: So Saturday, I just, it's my last, like I leave this coming Sunday um, for Vancouver. So um, just like family as much as I can, family dinners, enjoying them while I can. And then, uh, like I said, Sunday was, uh, I set up tickets for my gym through, through my agency and brought like eight guys down there, had an unreal day. Like I said, the buzz was so fun and dialed in for the week.
0: Unreal. Mace, what did you get up to?
3: Uh, Friday went to the Loop in St. Louis Park for the first time. that yeah. place was a good time. Go zone, baby. Yep. Uh, got a little too, got a little overserved and ended up kind of fucking up my thumb a little bit. And now my whole hand's kind of like bruised up. So yeah, we're, fucking uh, right. surviving.
0: A little, a little uh, sport, through injury. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking right.
3: Uh, Saturday went to the Bulldog. Played like. Four or five games of darts. It's just a local bar that's like two blocks away from my place, so we just walk there, get hammered, come back,
0: gonna, play poker. We're gonna have after. to get girls,
3: yeah, bulldog. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Sunday, literally, just watch football all day. We got three TVs on our main floor now. We mounted three of them up on the wall, so it's we're ready for football season. Like we're set. Love that. Unreal. Love the excitement around it, man. God, fucking football.
0: It's the best. Well, I actually, uh, I do, I was kind of excited to share my weekend here because it's kind of funny. Um, so for the listeners who don't know, Wooly might not know, but, uh, my girlfriend is 22 years old. Uh, I am 27. I am five years older. Some, you know, some kind of feel a little pedophile moves, little, little vibes, pedal vibes, but, uh, guess what? She's fucking legal and has been for four years now. So you guys can fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh no so i uh a, what, what a wild one. intro that's a, yeah wild. that was Holy that was shit. your weekend no <laughs> so then so anyways what the hell are we I'm, talking about here I'm, yeah well, i'm setting the stage i'm setting the stage for the story here all right before i came on so, i was like
1: gage is a good storyteller so this will be nice
0: yeah so she's uh you know she's going to school she's playing hockey over in uh, manchester in uh, new hampshire 45 minutes out of boston so I uh, travel out there, fly into Boston, head up to Manchester um, for a little weekend, you know, with my girlfriend who I miss so much. And um, I don't really know what's in store for me with this weekend. You know, we we didn't really make plans, but uh, get there Friday, we just you know have a good night, um, kind of go to bed, just watch TV, kind of catch up a little bit, and then we wake up Saturday, and apparently we're going to brunch with the full team, and then at uh, five p.m. we've got year Olympics, and I'm. I'm, I'm on a team, you know, I'm, I'm inserted in the lineup, you know, right away that any, you know, that any question, they're just like, this guy went to North Dakota, you know, went there four years. He probably knows what it's like to navigate through a beer Olympics in college. So we're going to, we're going to put him on a squad here. And uh, so we did that, met the whole team, it was great, you know, being around, I was going to say, I was just going to say the boys, but it was being around the girls, you know, it's kind of same vibe, that you're on a team. Kind of like being around the boys, but you're around the girls. Yeah. And, Same
2: mentality.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, agree. are just
2: out looking for notches and I <laughs> yeah.
0: no, I mean I think they are. Like they're going out wheeling later. Like <laughs> uh, but anyways, I get put on this, I get put on a team. Um, and our theme is Adam Sandler. So obviously, me after brunch, I head straight to the thrift store and i gotta i gotta secure costume for this for this party this college party on campus like 27 year old Gage is heading into campus and doing beer olympics with the women's hockey team (laughs) but it was unbelievable (laughs) Had had a great time there and uh what was your uh, costume my costume was i uh i bought really long you know basketball shorts and then i had on like a xxl um italia soccer jersey nice. and then i
2: had the and
0: then i had that the white good. and then i had the white you know half calves on with with some tennis shoes and if you search adam sandler on google like adam sandler outfit it's all he wears right like i didn't dress up as a character i dressed up as the real adam sandler so um, that's
1: never gone out of style for him Never. that 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 look he's been rocking that for 20
2: hard at least every it's... video i see on social media that's how he's dressed public <laughs> like, it's just a 4xl t-shirt some baggy shorts and freaking calf socks
0: and then I'll, cool. and then I'll, and then i'll go find a black top and just fucking dust some guys and pick pickup <laughs> he's
1: good dude he's really oh, he's
0: nasty. he dishes talk about nail guns that i mean that outfit is so nailed on. The guy's worth like 500 million. That's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's damn.
1: <laughs> have you seen the video of him and Bieber? Shirt.
0: No. What is it? Video of
1: him and Bieber meet, like seeing each other like randomly on the street in New York. No. Like Bieber walks, Bieber walks right past him originally. And I think Adam Sandler like said something to him.
4: Yeah.
1: And he turns around, he's wearing that exact fit. And it's so funny <laughs> that Bieber just walked right past him, like had no clue. And Adam Sandler had to be like, Hey man, like, It's me. We're we're both really famous. (laughs) I just look like
2: a scrub. Yeah, right.
0: I love how that's a thing with the celebrities. It's like if you're really rich and famous, like it's kind of like being a hockey player, you know, like you run by a hockey player. Like, hey, bro, how's it going? Like, you kind of relate. It's just like if you're rich and famous, doesn't matter how, actor, singer, you're just like, hey, what's up, bro? Rich and famous, too. Nice to meet you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is nice. But yeah, on, nice going going past the uh, Adam Sandler. But then obviously Sunday was just dedicated to football on the couch. Um, my girlfriend wasn't too happy about it. I guess she likes the Vikings, but she uh, she actually you know made use of it and got some homework done while I was on the couch. You know, watching the the noon slate games. So um, and then I and then I flew home. But it was a great weekend. You know, I, I never expected myself to you know, be submerged into another beer Olympics on a college campus. But, uh, there I was and thank the Lord that, uh, I had been, you know, training for that my whole life basically. And that's where my life brought me And there's probably a reason why, because, you know, I'm prepared for that moment. I've been through those beer Olympics, you know, I've got some experience there. So, um, just a great, great weekend there. And, uh, well, now let's get on past the weekend. We'll get into the fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf. Obviously, Jordan Schmaltz over there starting up a season in Switzerland, started up Butter Golf. couple of hats are selling out, folks. You might want to uh, hop online and, and get your merch while it's there because I don't know when the next drop's coming, but uh, inventory's getting low, I hear. So um, head on over to Butter Golf and get your stuff there. Let's get into the first one here. Nail gun of the week. Does anyone want to start us off?
2: Will Will, did you think of one, or do you want me to go? Yeah, I want. I'd like you to go. Okay, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the young kid out of Espana, Alcaraz, Carlitos Alcaraz, the 19 year old stud muffin on the court, goes three five set matches to get to the final, and then becomes uh, the world number one and wins the uh, the Open, that was pretty sick. That's my nail gun Young, of the week.
0: Y- youngest number one in a major sport ever. That guy, is. Yep. that's wow. that's the biggest nail gun of the week right there for sure. That's well, nice call. No, guy, guy,
2: guy didn't sweat a, a single bead. The entire – everybody else freaking drenched in sweat. I could imagine me. I'll run 100 yards and I'll be leaking sweat. This guy didn't have a single bead of sweat. For four straight days at the Open, he played good nice. tennis, man. Oh,
0: oh, unreal! Man. Those those matches are so fun to watch. I was actually kind of I want. I was torn in that match with that Tiafo guy. If you've seen yeah. the story, it's kind of it's kind of fucking nails. Yeah, um, Ameri-
1: American, American too.
0: Yeah, American too, and um, he actually had some pretty cool guys in his box. I think he had Bradley Beal in there because he's uh, yeah from Washington or something. So yeah. that's – Ah uh, that's a good story but yeah that 19 year old that's that's fucking nuts man. I can't imagine I can't imagine being 19 and, and you know performing at that level it's just too bad you know the the joker Djokovic is just too selfish to get his vaccine shot so he can't play in the yeah. US Open. But yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll get to see that match soon.
1: Was he the number 1 prior to the Open like and and how he play would he've been the number 1? I don't really follow oh, who Joker Yeah. Joker
0: I think Joker was. Um, right, he just then, couldn't participate. He couldn't participate, yeah. but then Medvedev was the number one seed in the U.S. Open, that uh, yeah. Russian.
1: And he's who matches up with, uh, with uh, Kyrgios, is that his name? Yo, oh, that's right. Kyrgios.
0: Yeah, Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios, my, he might be my favorite athlete right now. That guy's hilarious.
1: He's got some jam. He yeah, really does. I, that doesn't. Tennis is good right we'll, now, man. Yeah. Well, there's you, a lot of personalities. It's yeah. Men and
3: women's.
0: For sure. Mace, do you have a do you have a nail gun of the week here, or do you want me to go?
3: Uh, you can go first.
0: Okay. So my first one, I've got two, as always. <laughs> uh, my first one is Rick Pietro. He is getting paid 1.5 million dollars this season by the New York Islanders. <laughs> this guy hasn't played in almost a damn decade. <laughs> like, It's insane. <laughs> He's still getting paid millions of dollars from the Islanders. That is just incredible. What a contract he signed. I mean, he signed this contract, I think. He was like the first overall pick. He signed like a, I think it was like a 15-year deal. And, I think after like year or two, he just mailed it in. He's like, yeah, I'm done. Like, you know, I'm going to collect my check. It's fine. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What did you say was 1.2 a year? 1.5 yeah. mil this 1.5. year he's getting paid. I don't know. I think the whole term of the contract is worth like 50 million or something, 50 some, but just hilarious. Wow. He hasn't played in so
2: long. Who's the uh, – isn't there a baseball player like that too? It's like the There's, worst signing.
1: Bobby Bonilla. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: that's yeah, who it is,
1: yeah. Bobby <laughs> B. What, a,
0: what a legend! I mean, Dion Phaneuf and uh, Mikey Richards are doing it to the Kings as well. They're still getting paid as well. I love like, those you can't, com-
1: you can't
2: hate
0: them for it, man. Like, no, good for that lo- they did it. I love yeah. I love them for it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like that's, that's the passive income. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then uh, my second one was. Uh, you know, obviously, I follow up on the kind of current events. It sounds like uh, Ukraine is doing pretty well in that war over against Russia. So I want to shout them out as nail guns. Uh, just pretty incredible. Those, those fucking crazy Ukrainians are, are battling the Russians who are just much bigger and stronger and more equipment. It's fucking insane. I don't I really understand. But uh goddamn bunch of nail guns over there that explains alexander usyk who's the number 1 pound for pound boxer in the world right now um no surprise there obviously and i think he just travels back to ukraine and hops in the war like what he can i don't know what happens but <laughs> fucking bunch of nail guns over there those are my two for the week
3: all right uh for mine um it happened like right after we recorded our episode last week i'm pretty sure but I'm gonna say UMD is the nail gun of the week for changing back to the old champ. They realized they fucked up and they went back and <laughs> changed back. Did well? Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the chump, the fucking Winnie the Pooh, fucking <laughs> yeah. Walmart looking at?
2: What is this? The UMD Bulldogs changed their uh, mascot and like had a whole new like champ the bulldog. May said it perfectly. Guy looked like Winnie the Pooh. It looked like the fucking worst. You gotta look it up after. It's hilarious.
1: Why did they change it? The other one was fine. No idea. They no like changing
0: shit. Who knows? There's no reason. They've had for a bunch it. of success in the last few
1: years. Just yeah. Like, oh, well, let's change let's the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what we need? Uh the mascot. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: that's nah, funny. That's this fucker needs a yellow instead I, of gray.
1: Gun. And it, Gage kind of inspired me a little bit. I'm going to go in that same category with kind of pop culture, political. My nail gun is Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. I saw a tweet about like her, like what she saw during her reign. I think Gage retweeted it actually about like the Browns quarterbacks. Like, dude, she lived one hell of a life, man. <laughs> I, I am not familiar with what she did in power, um, which yeah. I should be, but I'm not, but man, I'm not either around for everything. She was around for everything.
0: Oh, man. Well, I was, I'm so glad you bring that up because that is fucking hilarious. Like it said, like the tweet said, like, she's seen 16 us presidents and like all these other crazy stats. And then it went to 65 different Brown starting quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> Holy that, shit. Was almost, that was the most, that was, most insane one I had heard. I was like, oh my god, yeah. that is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man.
0: Oh, that's a good call by you there. Um, yeah, Queen Elizabeth, I don't know. Like, I don't like you said, well, I don't I don't really know much about her, what she did. Um, I know like the Ireland the Irish people are like happy. So she must have kind of fucked them up a little bit back in the day. Um, but yeah, what a nail gun. 96 years old, I'd be I mean, if I hit ninety, even I'm like,
2: take me out back. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> take
1: ninety, me out back. Like, yeah. Ninety-six is queen, like she's got to still be making decisions till then, right?
2: Like she's, yeah.
0: She's I mean, she's like she's the she's a queen.
2: I think you have to be right. seventy to be elected in politics. So You're twenty-six <laughs> in years.
0: What was it? They're worth like fifty billion dollars. And they don't have to pay any taxes just because it's like royalty.
1: So well, that's what changing? I was kind of like laughing at Olsa's thing. Like I obviously knew that he was joking, but I was kinda like, man, like you might be you might be onto something. But like they're what is it, a monarchy? Like I feel stupid at like not knowing anything, but continue. I really don't.
2: I no, I know nothing, so continue. Like the way their
1: their system works is crazy, as far as I'm concerned. Isn't don't their taxes go right to them? Like, no, I I don't... That family? I'll, and they decide I know is the to
0: do with them? The, the, the royal family doesn't actually make any political decisions. They're just like... Okay. That's what I've heard. They're like guidance counselors. They pick, they kind of like pick or like elect the prime minister of the country or whatever, and they let them deal with it. I don't exactly know what's going on there. I feel like I should know, but then again, I don't really give a fuck. So it's like, why would I know that?
1: Yeah, that's I'm in the same boat. Yeah, that exact okay. feeling I wish I knew more cuz it's it's interesting like it's all over the news of course, all over Twitter, anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. I, I I pulled out a Canadian 20 out of my wallet today like I just like I don't know, I saw it in my room somewhere so I put it in cuz I'm leaving for and just Queen Elizabeth on a dollar. I'm like are the $20 bill. I'm like what? The, like what's going on here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yeah.
1: Um the, but the lady so, some lady did say something about that Ireland stuff or the Irish stuff. Yeah, I
0: don't, know I don't what, understand. I don't know, what that is, I, know I know everyone in Ireland Ireland was just celebrating. It's kind of funny. And then you got like obviously everyone in America, okay. We just had 9/11, rest in peace, you know, we remember fucking terrible deal. Well, obviously there's people in America who are just I mean, people in America make fun of everything. It's fucking everything, you know? Like there's no there's nothing off off limits. There's obviously tons of 9-11 jokes out there, but then there's obviously tons of Queen jokes, her dying. And all these British people are – I see all these British tweets like, oh, I see all these people making fun of us over in Britain. Like... And then they bring up some like crazy stat like, well, we abolished slavery 34 years before you guys did, so you're racist. It's like, <laughs> what are you, we're just fucking making jokes. Like, calm down. And so it's going to be okay. You can't, you can't
2: make a, a funny joke anymore. Like that you no. can't, you can't, it's, there's no, everybody will get offended at anything you, that you say. Like it's stupid. It's the dumbest shit ever.
1: You got to remember social media too. Like it's so easy to just like right. type and like not have to see somebody face to face. And like, I, I, I always text gauge sometimes. Like yeah so we have different opinions, but like gauge is just like, I'm just going to say whatever I feel. And then like, he'll, but the other side of him is like, if somebody like brings up a good point that goes against what he originally argued for, he's like, Oh, I actually didn't know that. Like, thanks for sharing. Sorry. Like I was wrong. Which is like, people can't be right or wrong anymore. It's either you're this side or that side. And
0: there's no in between. That's 100%. what bothers me. That's what bothers me so bad. I've see The division Dude, it's so- is so sickening. It's terrible. I've conceded so many times on Twitter, like, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm I'm on this. I don't know, I believe you or whatever. I never fucking get that from most people. Like, they won't back down. It's like, well, actually, I am right about this. So, like, you should back down, but you won't. Like, it, it's it's honestly ridiculous. <laughs> That's but. Right. Yeah, well, let's move on past this into uh, and I added this one in today. We've done this before. What's popping? Um, you know, recent songs we've been listening to. Maybe people want some suggestions. And I decided to go with this episode because you know we got Wooly on, and we all know Wooly Wooly wants to be on that ox. He's getting on there. He knows his tunes, so I know there's some he's. Get, he, I know there's some songs he's he's been listening to that he wants to you know promote a little bit. So. Um, does anyone want to start us off with uh, what's popping or
2: yeah, I mean oh. oh go ahead, Walt. Go ahead. No, you go. Start I was gonna off. say, like, I, I'm all for I don't necessarily want the ox.
1: because I understand that rap, specifically the rap that I listen to, is not generally what the the group wants. You know, like hockey, yeah, yeah. You can get a little bit of it in their pregame, you know, but like I would basically do it after practice is over, like, but pre-practice when the boys need to be dialed, I'd like give that to Cam. Cam was good. Gator, you were always good for a couple old-school tunes. Ols loved his O ones and O twos or whatever he was ripping. <laughs> but like, I'm a I'm a big rap guy. Like, I like the the kind of mainstream like Drake, Future, and then um, I guess Gunna and Young Thug are a little bit. I mean, they still have some some popular songs, but they're the less mainstream, I guess. And obviously, both those guys are in jail, so. It's been uh, running them back for a while. Yeah,
0: you know, well, well, what have you been? I mean, I mean, are you, just, are you still firing off? You know, the future and the the, you know, like pop. Who are the, who are the new guys? Like who's coming up? Like you're like listening to a lot that I have. not
1: Like a uh, future Drake, Young Thug, and Gunna are automatic throughout my day. Like I'm I'm in the car a lot. Like my skates are an hour drive there, an hour drive back. So like. Obviously, you get your phone calls done, but those are consistent, at least at one of the drives throughout the day. Usually, because I'm like, I don't really know, but I know I like this. So, I'll throw that on. Um, But Rap Caviar, it's on Spotify. It's pretty good. Like, that's just all, like, the new stuff. Um, But, yeah, I guess there's a lot going on in the rap world. I know we touched on it before the pod got going, but, like, insane world right now. There's, like, all these guys getting locked up. All these guys getting killed. It's kind of messed up, man. But that is one of, good, is uh, one of the co- good tunes.
0: That is one of the cool parts about the rap game is there's always like a there's always like a TV show going on behind the scenes. And I feel like that's why a lot of these big rap guys, they love rap because they're they're paying attention to like the TV series that's going on like in real life. Like these guys are getting locked up and getting in like feuds with guys and like they might Murder this guy! Like it's all this shit going on, and that's what makes the music better. I just have never really paid attention to that rap storyline. Although I do listen to the, you know, the Drakes, the Futures, the Young Thugs. They just make good music.
1: Well, the crazy thing about that is like, and it's it's sad. It really is. It's like people like when Young Thug and Gunna, because they're they're like on a a million racketeering charges, which is like basically conspiring. Is that a word? Conspiring to kill yeah. or hits yeah. on guys and like people are tweeting like when they first got arrested like oh the stuff they were saying in those songs is actually true like they're actually doing what they're saying like it's like i said it's sad but like crazy and, and in a way it kind of a uh, not a great way but it makes you kind of want to listen more like you're listening like always oh, talking about killing someone right now not my life could never pretend don't pretend but I like the music. I like the way it sounds. Like pregame, it gets me going. Pre whatever. It's it's their
2: it's their story. It's their life story. Like you know, they're living it. You know, old music. The reason I like old 2000s hip hop is because you know a lot of bass and you, you know whatever, and you just fucking bop around. But with like the lyrical geniuses that are out there now, yeah. like they're speaking on their world. They're speaking on their life and you know that's just that's just bonkers to
0: me that that that's why those hip-hop guys that's why those guys who listen to it like wool and cam and even a couple of my buddies back here it's like it's authentic and i understand why they don't really love country music because and and i'm not on that same side i love country music but country music's not a Authentic like that is, they're like just saying, like, you know, like you got fucking Blake Shelton, like, chew to back a chew to back a spit. It's like, that's like, there's that nothing, there's no meaning to it at all. <laughs> like, there's nothing in that other than they probably got a good beat going and he's just saying, like, chew to back a chew to back a spit. And you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna toss in a fucking hog and spit. <laughs>
1: Like, it's just drinking beer music. You have to be hammering beers indoors, like Like, yeah. country yeah, be like <laughs> yeah. fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, like, same uh, way, country has some emotional songs. Like, I don't, I actually don't mind it if I'm, a, if I'm in a mood, of summer day, like on the boat or on the course or whatever. Like, country hits nice sometimes. I'm a big, more Morgan Wallen guy. I shouldn't yeah. say big guy, but I, I'll listen to him if he's on for sure.
0: Okay. So let's, uh, actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to listen to anyone else's what's popping because we spent enough time on the uh, song topic section. No, no, you no. Right? You know what?
2: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here quick because I don't have. I got a new car. I got a new car, but I still only have radio in my car. And so I'm I'm gonna tell you what fucking song I've heard forty-seven fucking times in the last week, and it's that Victoria's Secret fuck... I know Victoria's secret. Have you guys heard that song? L- listen. No. It. It's the worst fucking song I've ever heard in my fucking life and it plays on every goddamn radio station ever. It's awful and I've heard it 47 times. I literally I, I drove I drove to the gas station today and I turned my radio off because I knew it would be played. It's so bad and it's on every fucking radio station. It's bad.
0: You're an absolute psychopath for turning. I haven't listened to music on the radio in maybe 10 years. I mean, it is can awful. You, can you Those imagine hearing a commercial? Play? Oh, <laughs> my God. Boys, KDWB, you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, yeah. And Ols blames it on that he only has a radio. It's like, even if I was in that situation, which I have been, some of my moving trucks and actually our Corolla that we have it's wrapped and it's like a sales vehicle we drive around many movers. It does this has radio in those cars. I have my beat headphones on and I'm putting one in and I'm playing music. I'm not listening to the goddamn radio, right? Like it's against the law.
2: No against the law. <laughs> against the law to have your buds in while driving.
0: Well bring a Bluetooth speaker.
1: <laughs> put a Bluetooth <laughs> speaker in the cup holder. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys live your own lives, please. All I'm saying is this, this Victoria's <laughs> Secret song, Ass Cheeks. Worst song I've ever heard. It is what garbage. <laughs> thing, whether, whether it's true or not, it's terrible. I bet it's a TikTok
1: song. And I—I I, this is the last music thing, I swear. But I saw, like, it might have been a TikTok thread or a Twitter thread or something. But, like, it's talking about this new generation of kids. They only know, like, the trendy part from the TikTok song. So yeah. like these one hit wonders are going to these these concerts and like granted I don't think it's sold out arenas, but like they're going to these ten thousand people concerts, five thousand, however many, and like the chorus is bumping, and that's what they show on their Instagram story, the 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 one hit wonders. The chorus is bumping, they're everybody singing. And then like somebody did like the behind the scenes, and the moment that stops, you no know, everyone's like looking around like Oh, I've actually never even heard this part. Like, <laughs>
0: I've never heard this part at all. It's the best. It's the best. You see a TikTok song, you see all these people going to it, and then you hear the full song, and you're like, this song sucks. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, that's, that's a good point. No, I like bringing no that up as well. Um, we're going on a lot of tangents today, but it's been a while. Since that's sad, man. On- it
1: has been a long time.
0: It's it's been a while, you know, since we've we, since we've hung out. And, and and what I was getting to was, we had, well, we've had tangents on this show, and that's kind of been the, you know, the trend. But recently, there hasn't been much tangents like this, so it's it's nice to have a little little banter about the real world instead of some hockey stuff. But um, let's move on. I did want I did add this one in. We're getting a, a little too into the fun stuff here but i wanted to add in the garage backyard games because again this is tailored to woolly we used to uh we used to play garage games all the time in college and uh that was one those were some of the best nights we had you know it was during the week and it's actually some of the most some of the best memories i have easily from college is hanging out with the fellas in the garage and playing stupid little games in there so um, it could be a backyard base. It could be a backyard game, house game, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a garage game. That's just where we tended to hang out in 420 because we had a big hangout spot there, and even at the uh, Dirty South, they had a nice little garage there. So, um, does anyone have anything in mind that they want to uh, shout out as their favorite garage game?
1: Oh, you got one. You've you've been around for some garage games.
2: I mean, I I love. I don't even really remember what what we played at uh the dirty south what what game with the basketball hoop and what was that i can't remember we had
1: we had like a three-point competition that we made similar to 420 but one of my favorites is like we had like this badminton net for some reason so we like tied it to, like, two hockey sticks or something like that. We basically played, like – because we had a big garage that nobody parked in. Yeah. So With, like, a a little mini basketball hoop with, like, lines painted out. Like, we were dialed at the Dirty South. And uh, we had – so it was, like, it was something, like, kind of, like, waist height, you know, like a a badminton net. And then we had, like, a little foam, like, dodgeball. And we played 2v2, like, you could – it's, like, basically 2v2 tennis, but with your feet. So, like, sewer ball, tennis, mixed man. It was, like, we played like at least for a whole summer, like every single day we were getting out there. It was so fun, man. I,
2: I remember yeah. that game quite vividly that that was the one that I enjoyed the most. Uh, <laughs> if we're talking backyard games, um, I have to go beer darts just cause I was a freaking absolute dartician out there. But in regards to the, uh, garage games, that was my favorite one by far.
0: Yeah. I had, uh, and this one, so the 420 garage had many garage games, and I do have a favorite from there, but I also have a favorite from the dirty south. My favorite garage game at the at 420 was uh we bought a we bought a glow-in-the-dark ball. <laughs> so we'd we we'd charge it up, we'd put it up against a light bulb or light bulb, and we'd charge it up for like 10 minutes, and then we'd shut the lights off and play some like play some music, and we'd all sit around the garage in 420 and we just hit, just throw the ball around just toss it around and you can't see fucking anyone's hands and you just see the ball just stick in someone in the air and you're like oh he got it like you don't, even know you don't even know if you're throwing to someone but it just gets caught and you're like wow that's sick like it just like looks like the ball stops in midair um, who took who took it a
2: little who took it a little too far and started chucking the thing
0: it always went a little too far. I think yeah. you, know? you start you start heating up like you're tossing around, and then all of a sudden guys are laughing, and you're like absolutely start just fucking hammering at people, and they catch it somehow like it's bouncing around. And they fucking catch it. Hell of a game. And then the game we played in the, at the Dirty South was uh, sewer ball, but it was with a hockey stick, and you got like a bounce off the ground. So we'd all have a hockey stick. And the ball would be up in there, and you get one bounce, and you have to like tap it to the next guy, and like you get like so many fights with guys, like you're fucking kidding as a fucking sewer. Like I mean, you're just in a garage, like playing some dumbass game in college. Like, Oh, the memories, man, unbelievable. That
1: was the that was the first one that come came to mind as well. That's that with the hockey sticks and the glow in the dark game is all the time. Like like you said, like the the round there'd be like three catches in a row, and then like it gets a Dewey, and he'd throw like. Three hundred fifty pump fakes. He's like, but <laughs> 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 all you you don't see anything. You just see a glow in the dark ball. That's so funny, man. Like, look, I haven't thought about that since like basically right now. And like,
4: yeah, looking oh, yeah.
1: back, looking back, I'm like, oh my god, what a bunch of idiots. Like, what? probably should have been studying or like maybe thinking about school. But like Tuesday night, like, hey, you want to go to four twenty and just like go in the dark, like,
0: like <laughs> your watch games, like. It wasn't yeah, video yeah. games back in the We we just played garage games, it's just ridiculous. Yeah,
1: that's that's true though, like, my freshman and sophomore year, maybe sophomore year we played a little bit of video games, but my freshman year, for the most part, we were together a lot as a team, and we were not, like, there was no video game, and it was just, like, a lot of, like, goofy games, like, we played spike ball, like, we were oh, together yeah. a lot, and I, I heard you guys last week talking about the Fortnite craze, that... Yeah. In the worst way possible, took up a lot of my last year of college just because like it was the thing. Like we had so much fun. Like Ol said, like, for but sure. looking back, I probably wish I wasn't buried in my bedroom playing Fortnite for hundred no. percent, couple no, hours mean, a night. You know,
0: I, I was always envious of uh, you guys and all the guys that played Fortnite because I've never, I've never really like, I don't know, I've never really been good at video games, and I don't really enj- I, I don't like them for longevity. And I, and I know I understand, you know, I didn't really understand back then, but I understand you play because you're on a headset and you're talking to everyone. But my video of head games was, like, not like that, and it was just staring at the screen, and I would get bored after fucking 20 minutes. So I never really got into it, but I've I've always been jealous of you guys for having those moments because those had to have been unbelievable, especially in pro when you're away from, like, people you haven't seen in a long time and stuff, and you basically get to fucking hang out with them like I, I for the whole yeah. night
2: i i wish i did it less in college like woolly said but in pro it was awesome because oh, i got yeah. to talk with you know fellas from college and even junior that you know that i haven't seen in a while and you know in pro you're you go to the rink and you practice and work out or whatever you know stretch whatever it might be and then you come home and you know you play video games for a couple hours and you Hook up with your old college buddies or whatever it might be. I, I I love that part. I just wish I didn't take it, you know, to a next level. Like I wish I would have gone out and you know golfed while I was in Orlando and all that shit. But it's you know whatever. It was just something. It's, to do.
1: it's different when you're mid season too, right? Like you're like I want to relax and stuff like that. But I I agree with you. Get what you guys want one hundred percent like for the sake of like catching up with with old buddies. I I could even ask old Skage. I was terrible at video games. I probably still am considered terrible, but I just love being on the mic with the boys. Like it was so fun. Like, like you said, it's like you're hanging out for a whole night in the comfort of your own bedroom. But like you're, it's not like you're just like Facetiming. you're actively doing something together. You're talking about it. Like you're laughing about it. It was, it was a wild craze. And like, It it was, it was a lot of fun, man.
0: And, and, well, you weren't really a video game guy either. Like it's, you're not like some professional, you just hopped on there to hang out basically, which I admire. That's, that's what I wish I would have done a little bit, but um I want to ask, Wall because he's still in hockey, obviously, like, is that, is that part of the game still going on? Is that our guys still playing a lot of video games or has that kind of cooled off a little bit? Cause I you know, I mean, when Olson and I were playing from my experience, every single guy in the team was playing video games at all points of the day throughout the year
1: yeah i i'm done with it like i i stopped halfway through this year like same way i just i was in la it was the dream life like a block two two blocks away from the beach but i was like mid-season i'm just like playing Fortnite. i'm like what am i doing like the beach is right there so i I actually stopped i'm like i'm done playing and my game actually probably got better Uh, but still a lot of the boys are playing all the time um all levels like American League and National League. Like it's yeah. but mostly the young guys. Like my rookie year I did it a lot. Like back in the time that we were all getting into pro together. Um there was a lot of like I I played a lot. But I was playing well so yeah. I didn't really think twice. Well there's not
0: I mean when you're when you live in that life there's not much else. I mean what else are you gonna do? You know like it's either golf or if it's winter, you know, you're you're, you're living somewhere cold, like what are you supposed to do? You get you get what are yeah. you what time what time are you getting home from practice playing playing pro like Maybe 1 12 o'clock you make lunch like what are you supposed to do
1: yeah so true depending on the team right like some teams are getting home at like 10 or, excuse me 11 11 30 depending on the practice right and some teams are getting home at one that's still the rest of your day like, yeah i yeah I, I i took classes my first two years pro uh just to like get it done like Nodak mm-hmm. has that program where like if you uh enroll in classes like Within the first six months, they'll pay for it until you finish. As long as you have like one, uh, one class a semester. So I enrolled and I just did pretty much one class a semester until I was finished. And I will say it was kind of nice to have something like that keeps my mind active versus just like go go yeah. home game go home game. I, so
2: yeah. I, I... I want to touch on that quick cause I know we've discussed this a little bit too. And we'll, we'll get into your career too here. We were going to do a, a sin bin segment or whatever, but we can just move past that. But I want to ask one more question before we dive in. Um, you know, we've talked with p- players on here. Um, you know, super cool that you took your classes. Are you, are you graduated now? Did you get everything done? Good yep. good for you. Good, good on you. That's awesome. Um have you thought about anything else? You know, I'm sure we'll touch base on this at the end of our show, once we get through your career as well, but you know, you, you worked on your classes and now you're focusing on hockey, you know, is your mind on anything else, like what you might want to do after, uh, you know, whenever your career decides to come to an end, like, have you thought about that at all? Or was it kind of like, okay, I got my schooling done. Now I'm going to focus on hockey and then we'll worry about that other stuff later.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, that was the intention of taking one class a semester. Was so like, it was didn't, like, I didn't feel like overloaded, you know, it was just like something to take my mind off of hockey and then right back to it. And like, it was just to get it done. Like something that I took pride in is, um, well, I was the first in my family to go to school. Neither of my parents did. Um, so in my immediate family. Well, and, I have uh, questions
0: asked about that, but it's, I mean, yeah, obviously your dad didn't go to school, but we'll get into that later. But,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, but like he was, I mean, he was the reason I went to school and, and I'll, I'll touch on that later as well, if you'd like. Yeah. But um, I was, he's like, you committed to, to, it was hack, but you committed to uh, Bubs, You've committed to North Dakota as a student athlete. You're going to do both. You're going to finish both. And looking back on it, I'm so happy I did because to answer your question, I was like, I, know I still have more to give and I know I still have a hockey career ahead of me but I feel nice it feels nice to know that I have something to fall back on and just out of like just kind of my human nature I always think about okay if it were to end tomorrow would I be okay and I, I truly do feel like I'd be fine what I would do no clue like I love what you guys do I think a podcast is so fun I think if you can get one to like take off a little bit it's it's an unbelievable situation you look at the uh the probably the ultimate hockey podcast and um spitting chicklets like doesn't get much better than that and if yeah, you can do you know. something where you just be yourselves for a living god like yeah <laughs> yeah It's even you know, like yeah, there's nothing to even goal, say right? yeah
0: yeah yeah and i'm glad i'm glad i'm really glad ols brought that up because um We've, we, we had, we had Jordo on obviously. And, and I've, I've read many players tribunes, you know, like the players tribunes, they do them on all sports, but you've, I've read some hockey ones where guys, um, you know, they went through these careers and they have, you know, their eighth, in their eighth year, their career. And um, they find something to do outside of the rink. That's kind of meaningful. Not that they're like making money or, you know, they might start a little, you know, side gig or like something else to like, put their mind towards um, and think about and kind of care about. And they always say like their career got better. Like they were better at, at hockey, you know, and they, they just enjoyed hockey more. So they were better at it. Like they, they enjoyed go, going to the rink and getting the rink because, you know, they were doing something else outside of it. And then they're like, Oh, like, thank God I gotta, I get to get out of this and I get to go play hockey. Right. Like, you're not really looking at hockey anymore. as like a business for like, fuck, I'm stressed out. And like, I got to play. It's like you go back there and you're like, Oh, I get to play hockey. It's actually fun. But, uh, outside of hockey, I spend my time doing this or whatever it is. And, um, like you, like you said, well, it's like, you know, we're doing this podcast cause we, I mean, we just have a great time with it and, and we've had some great memories from the podcast, but, um, it's definitely something you could do as well because we all know you're a fucking great talker and have great stories and have great insight and and can obviously get some great guests on and and um, but yeah, I would I would suggest it for sure. It's just something really fun to do and and even if you don't do a podcast or whatever you base it around, I think you know whatever you do, it, it might make you a better hockey player, enjoy hockey more, even though, not that you don't right now. You are, I was going to mention that before this, this episode, you know, typically we come on here with a kind of a itinerary of how we're going to run this episode. And this episode has gone way off the rails of how I thought it was going to go. And it's one of the few that actually has, I usually try to keep it on track, but we've been having such a great time talking with you about, um, your shit going on and all this weird, all these tangents. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, you'd be, I, I, I have no word for you. You know, like there's guys we play with where you're like, they're playing hockey and you're like, gosh, I, I, I wonder what they're going to do after or like if they're going to find something after hockey. Wall's not one of those guys. Like I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain he's it's easy to tell he'll be fine, whatever he's doing. So, um, uh, you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about that, but we kind of skipped past the cinnamon and stuff, got into your career. Well, I did want to ask you, you know, we had Dixon Bowen on last week. Um, His dad played in North Dakota. Your dad, obviously, NHL player. Um, You got a lot to live up to. And we asked Dixon the same thing. And I think he's a little separate from you. And um, you've I could tell in your, in your, you know, ever since I met you and and how you carried yourself that you've put a lot of pressure on yourself to be a good hockey player. Um, You love the game. You're great. You're obviously a great player, but you've put pressure on yourself to be good. And I think, you know, and I know how you look up to your dad and how much he means to you. I think he has a little bit to do with that part. Like you wanted to live up to his expectations and, you know, you saw the life he lived, and did that. How much did that motivate you to keep going with your career? Um, and even being a guy who comes into college, you know, two years after you could have been, so you kind of aged out in juniors. So, like, I mean, old too. And sometimes it's like, you know, I aged out in juniors. What's going to happen? Some guys can lose their confidence. They think they're going right in after high school. And you are you have all this pressure on yourself. How did you maintain that confidence and, and keep going? Like, how much did that drive you to where you are now?
1: Yeah, I mean, like like you guys know, you're around me enough to know how much I, like, look up to my dad. And and obviously his career, um, being the polar opposite of mine to this point, um, is a dream for all hockey players. 13 years in the NHL, Stanley Cup ring like third overall, you know, Like at 18 years old, he played, you know, like it's, and, and like you said, at 18 years old, I was going into my, or at the end of my second year, junior. And then 19 years old, I'm still in junior going into college, at 20, 20 years old, turning 21 during my freshman year. Like my dad had already played three years in the national, you know, it's like, you can't compare. Um, and I never had to compare luckily. Um, I never felt pressure from him. I never felt like if I didn't play hockey, he'd be disappointed. If I didn't make it, he'd be disappointed. Um, but at the same time, like, I want to make it because it's kind of like our shared goal. And like I said, it's not pressure from him, but, like, we bond over hockey. Like, when I'm playing good, it, it my family as a whole, like, everything's good. If I'm playing like shit, like, my dad stopped watching me this, this year. <laughs> he's like he's like he's like i'm not i'm just not gonna watch it i like at one point like we wouldn't even talk hockey Like, hey, how was your day it was okay i love you whatever (laughs) you know like but usually usually we're talking hockey all the time and like my mom's like i'm happy he's not because he's miserable to be around you know i'm like he's not he's he's i don't want like the wrong idea to be uh to take for you guys to get the wrong idea because it's not like pressure (laughs) i don't feel like i'm being like kind of talked down to or bullied he just knows how bad i want it and like i said it's like a shared a shared dream that we have um I, I, so I, I, I'm I'm very thankful for it, and I and I truly give a lot of credit, all credit to my parents for kind of the way that they raised me, and and yeah, I guess being uh, kind of over the top a little bit and, and super hard on myself um, has had its pros and cons. I, I'd say that I'm my own worst enemy when things aren't going well, uh, but at the same time, I've pushed myself to to still be alive right now. Really, you know, like still be grinding you know like I still fully believe that I can have an NHL career and like you said it if I would have said at 18 like I'm already past, like I'm already behind my dad it's over you know like why would I keep going I definitely wouldn't still be standing right now right
2: so yeah I want to I want to say one thing because we we aren't talking down on your dad or your your family by any means and I don't I I didn't think so no I did not think that um I have nothing but respect for your family one of the best in the business uh you know treated my parents with nothing but respect uh every time that they saw them. I think it's really cool how passionate your dad is about your career and like building off of each other you know your stories and everything it's it's all the same even though they're they're different I wanted to touch base on you kind of growing up you know I you kind of have a similar story to um, you know, most Detroit, Michigan people, um, you know, you grow, grow up in the, in the AAA realm and all that, um, pretty good player growing up as a kid. And then you kind of get to juniors and, and me and you had a very similar, um, path in juniors where, you know, the first place or two, you know, we c- didn't really fit into the lineup, you know, we wanted more and th- you know, that's when you kind of built that chip on your shoulder, um, kind of take us through, like, the ups and downs of your early career. Like, what, what helped you get through that? Like, what, what made you into the kind of the player you are now, and what have you taken with each step um, to kind of, you know, get yourself to an illustrious career?
1: I think, I, think uh, I would say this thing to my parents. Like, I heard everything you said. Maybe I'll understand what they were saying five years later. You know, like everything that you guys told me was right, like you, specifically in hockey. If my dad says something, it always generally it always comes true. And it might just take me myself because nobody else can do the work but me. Nobody else can go through the the process but me. It might take me a little bit of a, a while to understand. So really, like uh, played Little Caesars AAA growing up. Played there for all eight of my years as a as a kid. Got drafted to Green Bay. Um, I played that, that year on my last year on Little Caesars with Cam when we won the state championship, Cam and I together. I'm sure we talked about that a million times at school. But um, we, like, I played forward in D that year. And went to Green Bay and, like, er, like first pick of the second round or, like, early in the second round. And, like, or maybe it was – I don't even know. Like, high pick. And I just, like, had – I didn't really feel like – I had no, like, desperation to me. I was like, I'm good on Caesars. Like, I'm good at AAA, whatever. Went to Green Bay just like a terrible year i remember being i was like a shell of myself i was super timid like no confidence uh group of older guys in the team like you know like i just like was quiet and didn't talk and, and and like i said a shell of myself so you're not gonna play good hockey like that you guys know what it's like when you're not confident as a person let alone a hockey player good luck no matter what yeah. level, good luck yeah and then i go back to green bay and like i just never got out of the funk, like. I had fun there. I, I, I mean, that's where our friendship started. I played with good guys that I'm still friends with, but I just never felt anything. And, and I didn't feel desperate about my career. I never even thought about it. I'm just like, like maybe I'll talk to a school and halfway through my second year, I get traded to Muskegon. And for whatever reason, that coach, Todd Krieger, he's in uh grand Rapids Griffins. He's an assistant coach. I, he just connected. I don't know what it was in Rich McKenna as well. He's coaching division three in Wisconsin. Got to shout him out. Um, but they just connected with me for whatever reason. Like, I, I can't explain it, but I started to be competitive again. Just like you remember as a kid when you were just flying around and making plays. And I finished that year talking to, like, Bowling Green and, and Alaska. And I was like, unreal, man. I got an option. Like, let's go. Like, something's going to happen. And I was like, should I go, Dad? Like, we were thinking about Bowling Green. We were seriously thinking about Bowling Green. I think Miami's coach was who I visited with. And he's like, no, go back for a third year. I was like, like Gage said earlier, I'm like, no, nobody goes back for a third year. Like, yeah, you're, you're not your career is over if you age out of juniors, you know, like he's like, go back I Went back and I just had jam and I like was competitive about hockey. And I like that was the first time kind of going into that third year. I was like, I was captain of that team. I just had like I just had a like a, a perfect year and confidence was there. I, I I wanted to get better. I'm like, OK, I might be good at hockey first team that calls north dakota not gonna not go to north dakota i didn't visit anywhere else i didn't care to visit anywhere else that's the mecca that's the ultimate that's the bama of hockey like i don't care what anybody says when you think college hockey think north dakota and it was automatic and then as you guys know like kind of a a similar little pattern there you know a freshman year where i'm timid and i think the thing another thing to go on a tangent again is like i have a lot of respect for for upperclassmen or older people who have done it before me and in turn i changed my personality a little bit and, uh, i think it kind of knocks me down a peg hockey wise but it's just like my way of like I'm gonna, come in, I'm gonna be good but i really like just have to feel it out first which is kind of a, something that i need to work on and i've been trying to work on but yeah that's a tangent.
0: no yeah well i i love that answer and uh I do want to reiterate when I asked you about the pressure, your, your dad being, you know, in NHL and stuff. I didn't, you know, ever since I've met you, I've never, I've never once thought your dad was putting the pressure on you. I always thought it was you putting the pressure on your own shoulders. Like I need to like do this. I need to be better, which, which is what made you better. Um, and I did want to get into that. Like you said, you know, you played in green Bay and then you played in Muskegon. Um, you're, in my opinion, your biggest asset is your confidence in your ability and yourself. And, and, and I'll, I've said this before and I'll say it again, like the, the biggest stars in the NHL, you know, like, you know, people, people will walk around and they'll meet them and they'll be like, Hey, you know, this, this guy's kind of cocky, you know, it's like, well, yeah, of course he's fucking cocky. You can't be a good athlete without being confident in yourself and being confident in yourself a lot of times gets confused with being cocky. People think you're being cocky. You're not being cocky. You're just confident in what you're doing and yourself. And you have no worries. And people mistake that for cockiness. And I've always thought that was your biggest, that was your biggest asset was you're confident in your ability, no matter what was going on. And like you said, your freshman year was, you know, at UND. You're in and out of the lineup. You're fucking, I know what it's like to be in the lineup. You're in your own head. It's a goddamn fucking scrambled egg, you know, fucking I hop meal inside your head. Fucking you don't know what to think. You're you're going crazy, but you know, you keep the confidence and you just believe in yourself the whole time. And I I did want to ask, you know, like where did you find that? How did you get that? Is it something you know you can teach? Because that's a big problem for a lot of players out there and anyone who's listening, maybe their kids or maybe their kids are listening right now. How do you keep that confidence through those tough times?
1: I think that's uh, like, it's a great question, but I think it's an impossible question to answer um, because there is no recipe. Right. But as you know, and I'm going to say it for a, th- a thousand times and I'll say it 25 times this year, if I get an interview to Vancouver, like I was taught, all my whole life like quotes from my dad every morning you know every night whatever there'd just be quotes throughout the day like little things like that and then like you go through the experience there's no better way to learn than going through an experience and going through that that first couple years in junior like that was my first years away from home like I was growing into a a young man and those like early bits of adversity and like seeing because I was bad like my rookie year in Green Bay I was bad at hockey like you can ask goals like I was bad we both were way around
4: it. partner we were
1: both <laughs> yeah 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 you're right you're right yeah. we were together for a reason to stand yeah um, but just like you go through it and then like you just like, uh, to be honest I'm in the same situation that I was uh going into my junior year right now like I had another okay year last year you know like but I just don't stop working and this year Oh, and I don't mean to be a hard, like, I just don't stop working, but like, I, I always make it like a, a cognizant thing for me to be aware of like how I'm feeling mentally. and like, what did I do wrong last year, last summer? So what am I going to do better this summer? And, and truthfully, all I did this summer, not all I did, but the majority of the work was spent mentally. I, I spent cash on a, on a resilience trainer. He's tired. He's titled the resilience trainer. And I, and I tried to get personal. I tried the psychologist and, um, they were all great, but it just wasn't like what I felt like I needed for my career. That's more life. And, and obviously we all have our own things, which mm. I would recommend as well. Um, but the resilience guy is all about like, kind of like redefining yourself, re-identifying yourself, finding an alter ego, if that's what it takes. And just like, like, like I said, I won't, I don't need to get into details on that, but like, that's all I did this summer is like worked on the mental because yeah, I'm right. I, I truly feel like I'm right there right now. And like, I just need a confident year, And like I said, if I could write up a recipe for confidence, I have, we have a thing we were saying last year, like, what would you pay for a prescription of confidence? <laughs> like I would oh, oh. give
0: more money than I
1: could imagine, you know, but you take,
0: like take out a $5 million loan. Easily.
1: Like whatever the biggest loan I could get, I'm taking it out because yeah. Like, and that's why I don't, I don't have an answer for that. But like, I, I'm like, I still believe in uh, there's a chance. And most people, I think at this point would be like, okay, like thinking about Europe, like I don't want to be a minor leaguer or whatever it is. And I just, like I said, I feel very similar to how I felt going into the years that I've had success because I've done the work. And the one thing that my mom always says to give her some credit is like, she's like, you don't want to have regrets. That's the only thing that you're going to ever think about. You'll think about the memories, the, the 420 garage, the dirty South garage, Green Bay with Olsen when you're 16 and 17, but you'll like, you'll think about the regrets nonstop more than anything. And and that's what I try and do is just like try and change something every year so that if I go into camp and I don't make it, I did everything I could this summer. You're,
2: you're, you're, you're very similar to me. Uh, Well, you know, you, you are outspoken and you're, and you're confident. Uh, You take, you know, you eat shit sandwiches and you know, you don't love doing it, but you do it. And um, I think it's really cool what you did in the off season this year. I wish it was something that I looked into uh, more during my playing career. Um, Like we've said multiple times, we're very similar in that aspect. Like we know we can be better and we've proven at times that we can be extremely, extremely good hockey player. Uh, But then, you know, you eat, a kind of a shit sandwich and you go down to the minors or whatever it might be. And I I'm so excited for you because looking at the progression of your career, it's been the same story and like you've eaten your shit sandwiches in pro now it's going to be like your third year in junior. It's going to be, it's going to be like your junior year at school, man. I've never seen a more confident player than, junior year at school. That was so, that was so much yeah. fun. Like the the world was in the palm of your hand. And I just think that that's super cool. You, you've been, you've been through it a lot. You've got some, some big fans here. Just know that we're rooting for you. Um, but you're absolutely right. Regrets, regrets are no fun. Regrets yeah. are, they, they suck. They, they're, they're terrible. And so I think it's really cool that you're, you're committed to, to, you know being a consistent member in the lineup um what are you kind of expecting heading into vancouver what are you hoping for um you know what do you need to succeed just to go back for a second i know this is the has-been
1: so I wasn't talking about regrets like I don't have any. <laughs> so, yeah. not, like, I wasn't dogging on anybody who does because, like, no, and I, wanted to ta- to
0: this, I wanted to, to, I this wanted point, to add right? in something about – sorry, sorry, Willie. I wanted to add in something on, on this point where <clears throat> you guys have confidence in the game of hockey. And it's uh, – if anyone wants to find the guys who have confidence in their game when they're watching the game, it's the guys who are fucking toe-dragging guys and, like, dangling guys. Those are the guys who believe in themselves and can actually play the game like you guys were doing. Wooly well, was doing a little better than you, Ols, but I've seen Ols fucking absolutely toey guys, and it's hilarious. It's like this guy's out there just fucking toying guys like he thinks he's Patty Kane. Like he's far from Patty Kane. He's still doing it. But uh, yeah. I wanted to admire both you guys in that aspect because that's something I never, ever had in my entire career. Not one day did I ever have that.
1: But to give you your, your cookies or your flowers.
0: You do, like
1: that's the, the beauty about the game of hockey guys make a living doing it their own way. You do, you do stuff and did stuff that I, that I don't have in my bag. Like, you know, like your ability yeah. to, to block shots, to be physical, to, to fend off guys, to just be like simple. It's like, that's the beauty of hockey, man. Like everybody has their own that's way true. of doing it. Like if you're toying, you're you're in trouble is on trouble in the blue if he's towing. Like, yeah <laughs> you just knew your game and that's why like you you go on to be the captain of north dakota because you get it and that's that's a that's a talent in itself it really is
0: it is you're right but uh yeah i mean almost did ask a, <laughs> i mean no i i agree i mean knowing your role is a knowing your role as a hockey player is it's it's for sure a talent i mean there's some guys you know like they they're good players, but they just don't know their role. And it's like, dude, like, how do you not get it? Like, you're not Brock Besser. Like, stop doing that. Just just play your role. And like it's like a guy like Cole Smith. Like, he knows his role. And then every once in a while he'll like, you know, dangle a guy and score a goal. Like that's great. Like when he dangles a guy and scores a goal, it's like everyone's like, Holy fuck, Smitty, like this guy's a fucking grinder. And he just did that. Like it's insane. He knows his role. Like that is that's for sure a talent. So I mean yeah. It, yeah, thank you for saying that, knowing that I should just, you know, pass the puck and then just block shots. like, yeah. Puck <laughs> on my stick, hammer it off there, and just like I know my-
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a natty doing it, man. What a natty as a captain doing it. I'll take that.
2: I, the reason the reason I'm so passionate about like you doing this, you know, mental I, I, what what was his label again? resilience coach resilience coach I think that's so fucking cool because dude I was I was super confident in my game but I was also not a very confident human so like when my my first two years I knew my role I knew my role and I did my role and I was in and out of the lineup and that was great and it sucked and it was horrible but then I get to my junior year and things start to go super super well and I'm playing really good hockey and I'm starting to get confidence, not on the ice, but off the ice as well. Like I'm confident in myself. I wish that I had a resilience coach and i it's not a regret or anything. I didn't even know it was a fucking thing. But that summer going into senior year, I was like, this is this is my chance. And I kind of get in and then I'm back in that same role that I was in, you know, my sophomore year and a little bit my junior year and it was kind of like a slap in the face and I didn't know how to handle that like how do you, how do you handle that how how are you you know one of the hottest players ever and then you know you get to your senior year and it just that role kind of evaporated it didn't evaporate you know all I had to do was show it again but I didn't know how to do that to me it was like a kick in the nuts so how I don't know if you want to speak on it or anything but what's kind of some stuff you learned with your resilience coach, uh through your times, that kind of helped you through those shit sandwiches to kind of be like, okay, yeah, last year was great. Now I got to build off of it, rather than oh, I'm in a shitty place again. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die down.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think Wooly, be, Wooly. Before you speak, you're good. you know, Wooly, you know, before his answer, if you want to pay five ninety nine per month, Wooly will. You know, give you some tips from the resilience trainer on how you can be a better <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> There's your side business right there, no fucking, Don't give out your fucking knowledge for free, Wooly. Come on. Yeah, yeah
1: I'm, I'm gonna hold on to this. I'll give a fake answer. That's hilarious. <laughs> I always I mean, I, I always do goofy stuff, man, like this. Like I remember I was reading pregame at one point in college because I didn't know how to control my brain, man. Like I'm so emotional and I care so much, like I have such a bad way of showing it sometimes. So I was, like, reading pregame, and I'll never forget, like, I think Dewey. Like, he was Dewey was gone, and Gage – because I sat next to Gage. He must have said something like, dude, you should see Woolie's reading pregame right now. Like, of course, just an outrageous thing to text somebody, like, who's not at school and played with me, you know. And Dewey, like, first time he sees me – Dewey, first time he sees me, he's like, you've you been in that mind, Jim? I think that was the title of the book. Like, something so funny. But, like, I mean, honestly, man. I come on. Like, you
0: fucking, you're one of our buddies. Like, it's hilarious. Like, Dewey used to fuck with him hilarious. And talk to – do you used to talk to himself on the bench? You never done it. Do you used to be like, come on, Paul. Pick it up, Paul.
1: Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, I think I think it's hilarious. And like I like I just I don't know. I don't, for whatever reason I just always feel the need to try and work on it. I'm not perfect. Like I don't want this to be um misinformed. I don't want you guys to be misinformed, yeah. but I just try. And uh to go to your thing almost like I think that's the true definition of confidence when like you have this mind and like, I think managing expectations is another thing, but you have this mindset, especially like you lead up, you're going into that senior year and you're like, I'm the man. I had such a good finish. I deserve this. Hockey is so, even though, even, even Nodak, like it's not even like as big of a meat market as pro is, but like, you're never entitled to anything one. And and it's sad. Like you said, you finished so strong. I should be right. Like, it's not the way it goes, unfortunately. And I think the next thing, like, the next thing is like the true test of confidence in my opinion is like how can you it does that confidence remain when like you said you have to eat a shit sandwich and it's the exact opposite of what you thought and to finish that thought there's nothing harder than eight minutes a night four minutes a night 10 minutes a night to be confident and to play well so i'm not saying like you get put on the fourth line and you get eight minutes, you should still be confident, dude. Like you should have worked on it. No, like it's so hard to do. And there's so many things that go into a perfect year or a successful year for an individual. Um, So ma- like maintaining confidence is so, it's not black and white. A- and like I said, like, what are you supposed to do? You go from playing really good hockey to finish and you're on the third line, fourth line, and you're going to play, seven minutes a night it's really really hard and the, yeah, the best ones that do it are the ones that do it in the nhl for a million or two a year 100 percent. that's i mean it's yeah it's so hard man
0: yeah that's the, that's the name of the game and i've always thought it too like you all three of us know and everyone knows and it, it it you know well you're still a hockey player but it applies in life as well in in the business world and if you're working a job and just in life in general if when you're enjoying life it's like if you have confidence and believe in yourself, you're at, you're at a whole different level of you know enjoying life and being happy and and you know just doing well at whatever you're doing, and that's the whole fucking game. It's trying to find that confidence, trying to find that belief in your life, and everyone's fucking trying to find it, right? And it's that. I mean, it's funny you you know it's funny you you have these coaches trying to do this, and, and it's like. I I always tell people, you know, everything, everything in in your life and your body is just like, you know, it's just like working out, like you can practice at anything and be good. You know, like if you're bad at something, you can practice it and be good. It doesn't matter if if it's a personality trait, if it's whatever, you can practice it and get better at it. You, you, You might not be great. You might not be, you know, gifted like for myself. I was completely born as just kind of a happy person. Like I'm, I'm normally pretty happy, go lucky, like whatever. Um, there's people who, who are born not as happy or they, you know, they they like to complain a little more. That makes them happy. They're angry a little more. You can still fucking train to be good at that shit. Um, and you can train it. You can, you can train to be good at, you know, mental health too. And and confidence. And the more you work at it, you know you can train the brain to to get there, right? And fucking LeBron James does it. You know Cristiano Ronaldo does it. Tiger Woods does it. They all they all talk to these people and get brain. You know they train their brains. and That's all they're doing. And it's it it, it goes it goes far. Like, and everyone likes to think it's only you can only train your muscles. You know you can only lift. You're in the gym like you're fucking in the gym benching like in the muscles like that's fucking half of it maybe even fucking 30% of it like the brains what's I mean look at Philly Kessel like Philly Kessel's eating hot dogs and shit he's he's clearly got a fucking good brain because he knows what to fucking do out there.
2: Yeah that's a that's a valid point. That's a valid point. It's not it's not all physical um it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot mental especially especially when you eat shit. And so that's why I I've, I love this conversation, and we've barely talked about Woolley's career. Um, but I just think he has so much insight because the guy the guy has been up and down. He's been on the top of the totem pole. He's been in the seats. Like I, I feel like this is such a different perspective that we're getting from him. Um, and that's why I'm so excited to see him this year. And that's kind of why I asked him this question earlier. Um, I, I said expectations, but like, what are, what are you hoping for brother? Like, you know, obviously confidence from your coaches and, you know, your, your D personnel and, you know, whoever you play with, obviously those are huge things, but like, what are you, what are you kind of expecting of yourself? What are you, um, looking forward to, uh, in Vancouver this year? Honestly, I don't,
1: um, don't really have expectations, and um, that's something I've changed this summer. Is like, I have goals, um, and those are that's just something that I've done every year before the year. I'll, I'll write down a list of goals for the season. What do I want to do this year? And I keep those personal for the sake of Jinx. Um, <laughs> but I've I, I I truly believe that I've done everything to this point that I can do for me to go to camp. Battle my ass off, compete my ass off, give everything I have. And if they don't have room on the roster for me and I have to go to the minors, then I'll go there and I'll be the best defense that I can be for them. And if they, if I make their job hard at camp, because I, like I said to you guys earlier, nobody owes me anything. As much as I want to believe that like, all right, I had success in my rookie year. Then I had shoulder surgery. Then we had the COVID year. I deserve my shot. Like I've been, like you said, I've eaten my shit sandwich. I deserve a shot. I don't, I can't tell you whether they're even going to think about me at camp. You know how it works. There's, their roster's probably already picked, and that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. not a complaint. That's not me chirping them. I chose to sign there because they wanted me to come there, and I'm very honored for an NHL team to want me still. Um, for sure. And I'm thankful because I know I have a lot more to give. So my expectations is just what I said. I want to go there. I want to make their job hard. Whether they had the roster picked or not, I'd like for them to have to think twice before they, they cross my name off the list or think for a couple of days or whatever, make their job hard. And you guys know it's the NHL. There's a full yeah. list of probably 15 guys, 15 defensemen, right? I don't even know how many there's going to be at camp that are all thinking the same thing. Um, so I, like I said, I think I've done everything to this point to just be confident in myself enough to know that you did all that you had to do this summer. The work is over and I'll go to camp and just compete and, And have fun and one thing that i i thought about before this is like you guys are such good friends and like i was thinking about like damn like the last time i talked to these guys like the last time that we've really been around each other for a long time was at school and one thing that i wish i did back then and i'm trying to do better now is like actually be there in the moment you know like actually think about the fact that i'm gonna be going to whistler for nhl training camp like how thankful i should be if i like pretty soon you know like right like man like and I and that's one thing I regret and I think that's another thing that, that people forget and parents specifically, like you said, if there's parents listening, like the whole point of us playing hockey is to, it's for it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed oh. to be lifelong friendships, it's supposed to be like something that you love more than anything on earth. And and like I said, the fact that I get to play for pay is a is a blessing. I could never complain about that. Um, but like the whole time in juniors and and North Dakota, I was so focused on turning pro that you don't really soak it in and then like my rookie years and i'm so focused on getting like a deal so that i'm in the nhl for sure you know and then like last year i'm I'm in la and i have a great camp and then i get picked up by buff and like i'm like i didn't even i don't even remember last year man
4: it was like <laughs> yeah, i blacked yeah. out for a
1: whole year dude i was just like yeah. so focused on like why am i not in the nhl what is going on why am i in buffalo for like what's going on you know like and i like it was just I, I I've done a bad job of that to this point, truly. Well, so that's something I've tr- I'm I'm going to try and really embrace this year. Is like another NHL contract. Like I'm I, I'm truly lucky.
2: It's 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 hard. It's hard when you go from you know AAA or for Minnesota guys high school, then you go play in juniors, and it's like okay, I'm in a place. I I'm playing hockey for fun. I've got no school, you know. I'm, I'm going out, I'm trying to get a division one scholarship. Like you, you have good friends, all the same age as you, like you're having fun. Then you go to school and school's a little different. And that's where the mentality, like you, you have to turn your brain off a little bit because now you have school, you have hockey, you have, you know, all these outlying factors. And it's like, if you don't stop and just say like, for you to play on a college team is an honor. It's an absolute honor. And like the whole time I'm fucking thinking, God, you know, I'm in and out of the lineup, fourth line guy, North Dakota. Like, how stupid is how stupid is that? I'm playing you're, in North Dakota, right? It's like, funny,
0: it's funny. You're in your head thinking like I'm getting fucked so hard, like God hates me. Like it's like there's <laughs> so I mean. You yeah, have are pretty good, right? Like <laughs> you yeah, have pretty good so and so, the and the guys
1: that win championships for teams like North Dakota are the ones that are like fourth line thankful as can be. If they're scratched, they're the best teammate. like and that's sure. like to be good at that is unbelievable. But you're so right. Like you think you're like, I'm getting screwed. Like I never thought about transferring. You're crazy if you transfer from Nodak. Uh, but i I was like thinking the same thing, like. I'm never gonna make it, man. Like they're gonna they're gonna cut me. Like God, dude. Like there's so many good players at North Dakota, and you you don't realize like how stupid you sound. Like you said, like I'm so lucky to be playing at the school. I can't believe that I'm mad about being on the lineup. Yeah. but it's also that hunger, right? You want to yeah. be better.
0: 100%. Well, I did want. Well, I did want to get into uh, just the college days because we do have a lot of UND listeners um, now. Obviously. I wanted to get into, you know, your thoughts when you get on the campus. Being a, being a Michigan guy, um, coming out of, you know, you're playing in Muskegon, like you really don't know what North Dakota's like a little bit, like in person. And you're kind of outside of the realm. Like a lot of the guys on the team are Minnesotans or, you know, there's a lot of North Dakotans on the team that year and Canadians. And then you come over from the you know East Coast, obviously you have camera on the team. Um, but you're in Michigan and I wanted to I wanted to hear your thoughts on like what it was like getting on the campus and like because Midwestern people are a little different than you, you know like Michigan people and East Coast people it's a little little different culture change not much in Michigan but it's a little bit and then also I wanted to touch on your you know your junior year when when you just you know everyone's watching fucking highlights every weekend of you scoring ridiculous goals but Start off with the, you know, when you got to school and, like, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I, I, I did an interview. I was – when I went back to Muskegon, I'll never forget. I said something like – she's the reporter says, like, why do you want to go to North Dakota? And I said, I want to be part of the greatness. And, like like I said, like, I had so much pride in Nodak before I was even, like – you know, like, I didn't, I didn't go to Michigan State games. I didn't go to Michigan games. I didn't go to Western Michigan games. Those idiots never called. <laughs> like I mean, dude, I'm from Michigan. I didn't talk to the Michigan schools and I went to Nodak to do the math. Right. Yeah, yeah like what do you uh, would you
0: have went would you have went to one of those schools? Like 100. percent Yeah. Like, if if like, I got one early How did they that miss uh, How did we get you? Like, how did they miss out?
4: Like if it's I nuts. got it
1: so Nodak, it was like a little bit after the fall classic in my third year, Bob's calls. Maybe like a couple games into the season, you know. If it Michigan called or Western Michigan called or Michigan State called, I'm probably going there because I don't know any better. Nodak calls. I obviously know who North Dakota is. I didn't really love college hockey or know about college hockey or anything, like pretty much ever. But your then I visited I vi-
0: your dad didn't play. So wait, why would we, we-, we had no clue? Right. Like yeah. we had no clue. And
1: um I visited Nodak and, and like I said, it was it was on site. Like I'm like, I'm here. But I visited, man, like it was, like, not even – I didn't go to a game. I visited on a fall day, but it was, like, probably like October, mid-October on a Tuesday. And I went to, like, Taco Bell with Olson Cam. Yeah. And, like, that was it. I didn't see any of the boys. I might have met, like, Colton Sanderson or something like that, like, walking in the hallway, and that was it. And that was, like, I just all – I, all I needed was the facility, the staff, Gonna get better, and I knew that I had a chance to play in the NHL, so it was on site. And then, like I said, you, it was like a random day, so I got out of there on a Wednesday. And then, when I first got there to campus, like you have the college freshman buzz, and you're like, like, this is unbelievable, you know? Like, whatever. I know it has got a, an MIP or whatever it's called, a minor <laughs> first college weekend, but like, you're you're just thinking about like, man, like this is the college life. And then I heard you guys last week talk with Dixie that first time on the Ralph. There's really Honestly, and, and I know people say it, and I'm sure you've said it on the pod, but when they say, like, you'll never see nothing like North Dakota in pro, it's the truth. Like, that first time at the Ralph, and you ask visiting players, they'll say the same thing, like, dude, that place is yeah. ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just not even it's, a brag at
1: this point. It's, it's just a fact. You see,
0: every, it's, it, and it's funny we asked about his first game, stepping out on the Ralph, but my feeling stepping out on the You know the the ice of the ralph before the game, like not warmups, but just right before the game started. I I was fucking butterflies, like just fucking tingles through my spine, like every single time we stepped out on that ice, it was insane. Like you're thinking, like you're sitting there, like I mean, you never, we'll we'll never had hack, but hack, you like Bob's got us pumped in different ways, but hack would come out and just fucking. Like start hitting guys and like jumping on them and you're just like, Oh my god. Like do I have testicular? do I have testicular cancer? Like my balls are tingling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, One of the fucking... best the best part I think
1: you know they always argue like OHL eighty two games or whatever they play college. I think the, the meaningfulness of each game in college is what makes it what it is like, how important each game felt, and like you said, dude, I can remember sitting in that hallway. I'm like, I'm not really a raw, raw guy, I like to like be kind of loose before games, but I can remember like sitting there, like, Holy, fuck. like, I'm about to be like, I'm oh, going to yeah. war right now. I'm going to oh, war, yeah. like, I felt goofy there like... <sighs> <laughs> and, like, and like, and like, you're going out in front of the student section, you're gonna fly around, like, freshman year, we got no helmets, so like, it was just like. <laughs> Lap ever, and um, there's no, I mean, it, pros unbelievable, and if there's a, it's fun in its own yeah, way, but yeah, 82 games, man. There's certain games you're like, especially in the, in the American League, with all due respect to that league, you're just like, like, there's 13 fans out there in warm up. You're, <laughs> you're sitting in the hallway, with again, with all due respect to Bakersfield. We're playing the day after the Super Bowl this year with third, like maybe, maybe, maybe 13 people in the stands. And half of them is like the Oilers brass, and it's just a day after the Super Bowl, a Wednesday, a Wednesday, and I'm just like sitting in the tunnel, They're like Ontario rain, get out on the ice. I'm like, dude, this is gonna be <laughs> so go. hard. This is gonna go, be sir. so hard. <laughs> I think I think both teams are like that. I think the score was like one to one, and like both goalies just like let one in to make it look like it was a game, and like. <laughs> we neither, neither team agreed to a shootout or overtime. We just left the ice like that's good, like good, good rip. <laughs> but it's tough. That there's nothing that compares to that, and there never will be.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and it's, I mean, pro one thing. Like, I mean, you play in a, you play in an NHL game. It's like, I mean, I've been to wild game. I've been to plenty of NHL games. They're fucking insane. We were talking about production for the NFL the NHL production too in rank, like it's, it's, it's pretty elite. Like it's big time, baby. Like people are amped to be at that game. Like it's fucking nuts, but that's, that's, that's one, one thing
2: is like NFL is in my opinion, better to watch on TV. NBA yeah. is better to watch on TV. Like sure. th- those sports those sports are made for television where ho- hockey, the actual sport is, and m- maybe that's a biased opinion, but when, when people are in the rink and like watching the game in the rink rather than the TV, it's so hard to see the puck on the TV. Yeah. Like it's so hard to tell, you know, how hard those guys are being hit, uh, you know, into the boards, whatever it might be hockey to me is like in so when they do the the production before the game and like the Vegas does the 3d ice show like I I just think the NHL does a fantastic job with that my favorite part
0: my favorite part about hockey and and obviously um all three of us got to experience you know sitting in the stands for a game at one point you know like you're you're on the team and you're in the stands and you're in the press box for the game and you're watching from up top, basically like you're watching from the television screen and you're watching the game and you're picking out everyone's oh. mistakes. Like you can see everyone's mistakes. You're like, Oh, I would have done that there. Oh, they should have done that there. Like it looks so easy from up top, but then when you're on the ice, it's fucking completely different. Like <laughs> It's insane how Completely. fast it is, and and even if you're sitting down low, you can see that speed. But when you're up in the press box and you're watching the game, you're like, "Oh, this game looks so easy." Like I can see all the like open guys and like where I sh- where you should pass the puck. Like, you can't see any of that shit during the game. No chance. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless
2: you're woolly junior year, the guy was <laughs> yeah. the guy was, the guy was that squash out there. That was gross.
1: Yeah, that's – I think that's the – not the peak level, but I think that's the peak fun I'll ever have playing yeah. hockey that year. I like I mean, like we talked about, like that – playing in that arena and then like having success in that arena and that jersey. Yeah. I don't th- – I honestly don't think it's a bunch better than that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Wooly – Wooly was – he was our closer in shootouts. As a D-man, he was our closer. He just come down and he just – Rip a clapper low glove. It was gross, dude. He was on fire. <laughs> it was disgusting. I felt yeah. filthy.
0: You, remember, I remember watching those. I remember watching those videos on Twitter, and I would just watch him like fifteen times in a row. They were so nasty. <laughs> like he'd yeah. come down slow and just fucking. <laughs> <boom. Yeah. laughs>
1: I, I I can't lie to you guys. Um, somebody a Sens a Sens fan, like a uh, pretty active Sens account, made like uh, North Dakota highlight reel, like when I was coming into Ottawa to kind of let the fans know. And I'm sure Jake Sanderson has one, and and Clevin and Pinto sure. and and who else is there? Who else today? Whatever. Uh, There's probably f- 15 more. <laughs> JBD, Bernard yeah, Docker. sorry. Love JBD. I should have forgot him. Um, yeah, I started that train, by the way. You're welcome, Sens Nation. They're going to be a wagon this year. Holy. Um, yeah. But uh, he, made a, he made like a highlight reel. And I can't lie, like, sometimes when, if I'm feeling low confidence or if I'm feeling down on myself, I'll go turn on a couple of clips from that year because that was <laughs> – those shootouts were ridiculous, man. Like you said, like, I just had this, like, kind of like naive college swagger. Like, I was just, like, the best in the world. You know, like, you don't really realize how much better the NHL and the American League are, and, like, you think you just are the man. And I believe, to a certain extent, if you dominate the NCHC, you can have success at the next levels because it's a great division. Um, But, like, if you look in the shootouts before some of those my junior year, I was, like – circling camera, like, I was going full zone circles while the ref was waiting to blow the whistle, like, I would, like, sometimes, like, last year I was watching, for example, and I was like, what an idiot, dude, like, (laughs) no one, like, and and I, and I had success, but, like, like I said, sometimes I'm on my own worst enemy, and, like, with Bubs and Jacks, they are probably just like, god damn it, like, I wish this guy wasn't playing so well because I really want to sit him, like, fucking idiot. (laughs) But, you know, like, I tried to, like, like I said, I kind of had the swagger, and I was playing up to that level, and, there's times where I probably could have toned it down a bit or you know relaxed a bit but I was just feeling it yeah. and i will feel it again like that hopefully soon. yeah
2: you w- you will you will but that that junior year i mean it was it was actually insane the the just the step up it was like you know fr- freshman and sophomore year it was like okay you know I'm gonna learn like the speed of the game I'm gonna learn how college works and then junior year came and you just pooped on everybody literally you were one of the grossest hockey players i have ever seen it was nasty it was nasty thank you yeah baby
0: thank you yeah yeah and there's there's few there's there's few players that uh get to play that role at north dakota too right like you get to play that role and you're that like i mean I can't remember. I was out of school, obviously, my first year out of school, so I can't remember like who else was the big dog on that team. But from an outsider's view, um, watching Twitter and just watching like highlights, I thought Wally was the only player on the team that year. It was like every highlight was like boom, boom, boom. I was like, "We led the team." Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, Yeah.
2: it was disgusting. Yeah, that was was special.
1: Well, like, man, I think about those teams all the time. Like, obviously, the freshman year Natty team is, is, you know, will be Natty champions forever, and that's something I'm super proud of. But, like, even the next year, we had some unbelievable games, and, like, we we probably should have won the BU game against a stacked BU team. Um, and then the next year after that, like, we lost – I think – remember, we, we didn't make the tournament by, like, some small, small percentage or some small margin. Like, it's yeah. – I mean, that's the cool thing about North Dakota is – Pretty much every year you compete. If you if you listen to what they say and everybody buys in and things line up, of course. But it was cool, man. It was cool to compete for three years. Like legitimately have good teams for three years. Not a lot of schools. Oh yeah,
0: on. I mean, I mean, your fr your freshman year, all over that that fucking special year we had, and then even the next year after, we had a fucking sick team. Like we were playing yeah. well,
1: we're good, man. Like we were yeah, playing rel-
0: well at the right time, at the yeah, right yeah. time. I'll
1: never forget that, because like they probably we were one of those teams that went through so much adverse, So we probably didn't think about how good we were until after the season, because like, yeah. like you said, we were just jamming at the right time, like hundred percent.
2: We struggled at the start of that year, and we had good players. I mean, we had Josie, Brock, Gersich. You know,
3: like
0: we were Gardner, we were, Wooly. Talk, uh, we, we still had talk, we had Golden yeah, Pullman. Yeah, I mean, we had a fucking unbelievable yeah. team. Like it was and, and we we were an unbelievable team at the at the end of the year. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I know it's a fucking what if, but yeah, we fucking beat B U, right? Like we beat <laughs> B U. And you know, Come I know on, for a fact for, for sure, I I'll for, never forget I that I for yeah. And I know for a fact we're going on the next game playing the playing the Bulldogs and we're playing the best hockey of of the the entire season and they had already beat us, I think, two times in a row. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if they're beating us three times in I, a row.
2: I, I will say that, that that would have been one of the best college games that we ever played was us yeah. versus Duluth in Fargo. We were, because- so,
0: we were pumped for it.
2: Yeah, and they were so they were so good too. They had a bunch of big names. They were nasty, like you said. They had beaten us two times in a row. We were in Fargo with our crowd. It would have been nuts. It would have been one of the best college hockey games. They
1: may have had they may have had a they may have had a number a lot that sh- that year if I remember correctly. Like we might have played them six times. They might have won five, but yes, like you said, we hadn't given them what we were at that time. No, until, we had we had. I mean. We were, we were going right. to, but dude, never, like, fans that are listening, like, that's, like, I know we're part of it, so we probably think about it a lot more. You especially, Gage, end of your, your college career. Think about what happened there. Like, it's crazy, man. We, we, we scored, come back, Gorney broke glass. Like, there's, like, a million different storylines that you can think about. Corny <laughs> broke glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, more than anything, they called off two goals called off or was it just like maybe like two really tight ones and then they call off the craziest camera angle of all time of all time. Like the, the ref from the far security camera, like a ring door cam
2: somewhere. And the, there. The, the, the ref on the blue line didn't even call it. It was the guy
0: falling oh. up the
2: play. It was awful. It was just terrible. Oh.
0: What, what was that call? It was terrible. You, you couldn't tell. I don't want to get it. Fuck that. No,
1: there is no need to get into it. But that's like, <laughs> I mean, like what a crazy that. memory. What a crazy memory. We went full Sally, ref, random ref. I'm not even sure he was in uniform until overtime. He came on the ice. He's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get loose. You guys mind if I make a few calls? And he just <laughs> hopped out there and just made something up. He's like, off oh, sides, I think. <laughs> and then next shift, <laughs> next shift, Cal- Keller to McAvoy. Yeah, all oh, oh, that was This them. is
0: one of the sickest goals I've ever seen, ever. Like, it was insane. <laughs> I was just like, well, of course, look at these fucking guys. They're, they're fucking 20 year vets in the NHL. Like, of course they're going to score that goal. Fuck you guys. We just, we
1: just beat him. What are you giving them a second chance for?
0: Do these guys Uh, need the second chance? Like, well, let's just give it to us. If they would have left, they would
1: have gone to the national the next day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, fuck. That's not it. I mean, it's funny to say because you know, you know Duluth people are listening and they're like, I mean, we fucking dusted you guys all year. It's like, yeah, they did, but we did have a fucking we were coming on, we were coming on there. And they fucking lost to Denver in the National Championship that year. And you know what? We had played Denver tough. I don't know. Maybe we would have matched up better when we were playing well.
1: <laughs> yeah, they I I will say like Duluth is my number one uh, team that I just like by far, by far, by far. Um, But they're they're just good, man. Like, they're good. They play well. Former Sue leading the charge. That's why they're good. Um, (laughs) Like, like, they're really good. They're a good hockey team, and they're coached well every year. They're hard to play against every year. Playing in that rink sucked. Like, I, I will despise all of those guys that I played against probably for a long time, but they were good. So, like, that's yeah. why that, that's where rivalries are started. I
0: know. Well, that's probably that's, for you that's, also,
1: it's even more, but.
0: Well, when yeah, I it's... think about, yeah, when I think about college, like, you know, my favorite memories are when we played the Bulldogs. And yeah. I, I hated them the most, but now when I think back, I love them the most because they gave me some of my best memories, like us battling them. I love those guys and their fan base. Like, fuck them. But it was it was the best ever. Like, it was unbelievable.
4: They, yeah, we absolutely. fucking
0: hated each other on the ice. Like, those guys were such pricks. And we're always wondering, like, I know everyone hates us. Like, they come in on the Ralph, you know, like, they hate us. They don't want to play against us. But, they they bring their best game. But for whatever reason, like, these fucking Bulldogs, fuck them. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like.
2: I, yeah. I have I have a feeling that that's what it was like with the UND Gophers. We didn't get to have that. Yeah, you know the Bulldogs was kind of like our Gophers for yeah. us at North Dakota. But yeah, I mean it was just you think back. There are so many great games. You know Pogo's overtime shootout goal. You think of the six five game we lost at the Frozen Faceoff in overtime. Uh, you know there, there's just. You know Brendan O'Donnell, my freshman year. You know, tucks two against him at home. Like, I don't know. It just it was one of those series that both teams really? look forward to. It was top notch. Both yeah. teams were very very good, and it was a battle every. And second. we'd always like we'd always see him like,
1: frozen like face off. You get to pretty much match up against any of the top guys, and like for some reason it was always just to lose. Yeah, You know, like, even yeah. if it was the consolation game, we're like, oh, Duluth. Like, God, We go play these guys in a we consolation. Go, yeah.
0: <laughs> we go play Duluth the regular season. We fucking hate them so much. We never went out anywhere in the country. After a Friday night game, we played Duluth. And we're like, fuck these guys. We're going to go party at their place and then beat them the next night. <laughs> and we just fucking go party at their place and beat them the next night. But then that's also a funny story because Wooly and I also had a little night out um, in Denver. And we also pulled off a, a nice game the next night. And um, it was funny because Wooly and I and uh, the other guys that went out that night and Friday on Denver – we got back we got back at the hotel at like eleven thirty. We didn't stay out too late. It was like 12. And uh we get back in the hotel and we get in the elevator and fucking Bubs is in the elevator. We walk in the elevator and Bubs is standing in the elevator and we're like, Oh boy, like what's he thinking? <laughs> Nothing was ever said. Nothing was ever said. I mean, we didn't really do anything wrong. We were just doing it like fuck you know, like we're pretty nasty. We can do whatever we want.
1: Like you said, like, we had, <laughs> we had, we weren't back too late. We we're definitely pushing the envelope, but like, yeah, reasonable, but like at the same time, like you said, we were out like it was casuals. It wasn't like a go night. It wasn't a green light by any means, but, <laughs> no, you know, like for, for, like, we shouldn't have been pretending like we were veterans. Like, <laughs> oh, you were. You were, you were. <laughs> well, yeah, you were... <laughs> we're at Acting like we're 15 year vets, like you want to go get a beer before a college game.
0: <laughs> Imagine like goddamn Jerome McGinley in Calgary, like on my 17th year, like yeah, no, it's okay, coach. We're good.
1: <laughs> we're good. I know what to do tomorrow.
2: <laughs> well, how about uh how about our night out uh uh your twenty-first birthday, your freshman year? Do you remember yeah. that? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Me, you and Kajula, I'll never
1: forget it. It was my first legal beer where like we had just played the frozen face off, obviously, the the national championship team national championship team, like such a wagon. no disrespect to the frozen face off, but like there just wasn't that much jam to win it, you know, like no We'd like, always, we, just, like we,
0: we never we never showed up ever. there wasn't that' much reason like we didn't, we never really had a reason to win it.
1: Like it was in like, its way, but it's like it is. It is hardware. Of course, you want to bring it home as a competitor, but like, just never felt right at that place at Target, right? Um, yeah. But we get done playing the first game. We had won, didn't we?
2: We oh. we lost. We lost yeah. against St. Cloud.
0: We lost every. Oh, they had a good. They had a good team right our right freshman there. year. My senior year.
1: Yeah, you're right. St. St. Cloud. We had a really good. uh Um. They had a really good team that year, too, though. We had some battles there. Um, but, like, after Olsen Cads, like, obviously, we're just going to play the consolation game, but, like, we were talking about it on the b- Boston in the locker room. They're like, it's your 21st? I was like, yeah. Like, it was always on my birthday on March 17th. So it's always during the frozen faceoff weekend. Cause remember, everybody's wearing, like, the green for St. Patty's Day. And, of course, the Sioux. And, uh, they're like, you have to go somewhere for a beer. And we're like, we, we can't go to the bar. It's going to be all suit people. And they're like, where do you want to go? I'm like, I, I, We don't know. One of us suggested, like, let's just go to the strip club. <laughs> so we go to the strip club, wearing full suits and everything. Literally, one beer, I'll do one beer, I'll do one beer. No dance. No, like, just, like, sat, like, kind of in the corner. Like, somewhere to get a beer. And they just came out. We had one beer each to have my first legal beer. We went back to the hotel, shut her down. but like. I don't know. I'll never forget it because it was like kind of like a force, like kind of a goofy thing to decide to do. But like it was cool for, because I'm still boys with Caj, of course, too. And like they were just like, yeah, you have to have a 21st beer somewhere. And like we go to any other bar, we're going to be talked about. So let's just go here, of all places.
2: <laughs> like, the <Spearman laughs> rhino, baby. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, that was a wild decision to make, but we, we it was safe. We were mature and we got out of there. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Oh, It's unbelievable. That's what you live for. Like, those are those are the memories you you remember at the end of the day, like, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will like ask me about college and stuff. And, and when I do think about college, like in, in my meantime, and I'm like, reflect back on the days of college. A lot of the memories, you know, like, probably 80% of them are outside the rink. You know, like, just what you're doing with the boys outside the rink, like just being normal humans. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. It's and plainly... like I, the decisions you make, like like you obviously, everybody, every human has like decisions where they like push the envelope a little bit. And, like they they regret it. But like I truly believe if you show up the next day, whatever it is, you get to make those every once in a while. It's not an everyday thing. It's not a consistent thing because that's a habit of making bad decisions. But if you're gonna like like you said, you go and you have one beer and you have a great time and you have a lifelong memory, but you show up the next morning at practice and you're a professional. Or if you we go and you, to, you, you ha- Yeah, you have to earn that? it. You have right. to earn and it. Like even if you you work a nine to five, like you go and randomly like you slip into one on a Tuesday night with your buddies on the golf course. Show up the next day, be a warrior go to work, do the best work you can do. You had so much fun. You're like, do you guys remember that Tuesday we went out and had careers? You know, like that's, that's what college is. And I think you guys have been so good at that. And like, we've had so many memories like that. That's why this podcast has gone on for, for two hours. We're just shooting it. And that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's to go back, to go back to my dad. Like, that's why he made me go to college. He's like, man, like he played in Kitchener in the O for one year and then went right pro. And he's like, Dude, those guys don't reach out to me. Those guys don't treat me as an alumni. I have no fr- – I, I think he had one friend, Sean Burr, who who passed away. Um, and he's kind of an NHL legend as well. But, like, that. other than that, and because they play in the NHL, that's the only reason they remain friends. Yeah. Other than that, he's got no boys, no, like, alma mater. I'm like, look at this. Like, yeah, we have the Natty team. We're going to have reunions. Like, two lifelong friends. And that's, like, that's why he's, like, you're going to college. I I regret not going. Like, the friendships, the alma mater, somewhere to, like, be proud of. Like, I when Nodak plays and, like, they have big games, I'm tuning in every time. I'm throwing money on it with one of the boys every time. And it's so fun to cheer for them. Yeah. like it's-
0: So, well, well, before, I mean, obviously, I mean, it seems like to me um, we've got so much to cover so much more to cover with you. You're, you're definitely going to be a recurring guest we have on here just to cover the rest of it. Um, but I did want to ask about, you know, so for the listeners who don't know, obviously the North Dakota listeners know your path, but you, you went to the Ottawa Senators, then you went to, uh, the Kings, right? Yep. Then you went to Buffalo. Now you're in Vancouver. Um, how are you handling those transitions? And you know, what what do you have like certain memories from each place? Do you you know? Do you notice so much like how different organizations are run? Are they all kind of similar, or are they all kind of the same in the same way? And you know, it doesn't really matter where you are. I
1: think in terms of play, um, it really just comes down to opportunity. And then when you get that opportunity, how confident are you when you get that opportunity? Um, and, and in terms of my experiences so far, I mean, like, it's just like anywhere, man. Like, if you play good hockey, they're going to like you and they're going to give you opportunity and you're going to love it. I went into my rookie year in Ottawa coming full confidence out of out of uh, North Dakota. And I played for Mark Crawford, who's had a long, long NHL career, and Guy Boucher, who was actually the, the coach for the most of my time there. And they liked me, and I was a rookie, so I was up and down a lot. And but they liked me, and they gave me opportunity. So like, if I was up, I was playing fifteen to twenty minutes a night, and I was buzzing. You know, like I had a, yeah. a pretty good year that year. Up in the American League or down the American League, get up in the NHL, I had success because I was playing in both. And then you have the shoulder surgery, and then you go into the COVID year. And I mean, I got to look in the mirror, right? Like, it's I, I'm not going to just say like. I got buried. I didn't have opportunity. Like I didn't really give them a lot to work with. I wasn't confident. I'm coming off the shoulder. So I, I had shoulder surgery. I came back, I played three games in Ottawa, then COVID hit and we sat for, so I really, if you don't count those three games, I sat for like two and a half years, however freaking long COVID took. So like, I came back like really timid, really nervous, nothing to really build off of. And like DJ Smith is, is, is a very demanding coach and that's not a problem. That's just his coaching style. And, and like I said, I didn't really give him a lot to work with. I just was, I was kind of like a shell of myself, like a a very similar feeling. And um, I just didn't play a lot. And again, I'm not chirping. I I just didn't give him a lot to work with. So I wasn't playing a ton. I didn't really have a lot of opportunity. And when I got my whatever, seven to 13 minutes a night, I was just not confident and playing bad hockey and, they didn't want anything to do with me anymore, and that's the business. Um, go to LA, come um, true, and just in terms of lifestyle, you're in Hollywood. You're living on the beach. Um, Rob Blake, the GM there, I have a, I have so much respect from Todd mclone the coach, like two NHL legends, and um, just finish the year there after the trade, whatever. Um, scratch for most of it, just COVID year. Like going the, the divisions: Anaheim, Vegas, San Jose. Like you're just like remember the the COVID division where it's just like that little bubble. <laughs> yeah. Like you're oh, yeah. just in cat. You're either in Cali, Vegas, or Arizona. You're like or Colorado. You're like, well, this division's not bad. You know, like this is unreal.
4: Yeah. And I was
1: buried. I was scratched for the end of that year. And then last year, great camp, and and Buffalo picks me up for a month, and then. Uh, just went back to LA after after Buffalo let me go after a month there, one game played. Um, go back to LA and and finish here pretty much in the minors. And like I said, I'll, I'll look in the mirror a bit and say that I didn't really give my best, and and not because I didn't want to, I just didn't really have the jam and and was battling confidence and trying to still find it. Like I said, I missed two and a half years, man. I just didn't feel it, right, like myself really at all, uh, and that's why. To go back, I took so much pride and, in the mental and like just like getting that like that that feeling back. I just like couldn't feel it this year. It was terrible. Like I was miserable a lot, and not because I was in LA, not because of my teammates. I just like couldn't feel it, man. And and it was it was tough. Not a great year to be honest.
0: And but but you know, on the flip side, you know, you're playing pro hockey. <clears throat> you're playing at a very high level, and you're also living. Probably in L.A. on one of the beaches, Hermosa, Manhattan or whatever.
1: Yeah, Hermosa Beach. It was actually crazy, man. And,
0: <laughs> and in my, I've, I've always argued guys on this, you know, who go to – they'll go to, you know, Arizona State for college, and it's like if I would have went to Arizona State for college, I, how are you supposed to focus on a hockey game when there's a party going on Friday night and there's a pool party or whatever? it's 80 degrees out like it makes it a little harder when you're when you're in fucking LA and there's the ocean there and it's like the best beach ever like you can go down there and play fucking volleyball and just sit in the ocean like it's I mean you get to live there that's an unbelievable life experience like getting to fucking be on the ocean living in that town playing high level hockey fucking doing what you want to do you got to be there. I mean, a lot of hockey players was, never get to go to L.A. They never get to go to L.A. to play. They never get to go to San Diego to play. They never get to go to Florida to play. But you're playing – and and ols is fucking sitting here laughing because he's playing hockey in Orlando. It's like, yeah, of course you fucking like, you dickhead.
1: <laughs> well, it's it, – it is crazy. Like, that's, that's one thing I actually did better this year. So, like – I went to Boff. It was like the weirdest thing. I had a great camp. I played two games for LA. I think I had two or three points. Like I had a really solid camp, but I only played two games. So like I knew there wasn't space for me. Like I was probably just going to be one of their minor leaguers, one of their hopefully good minor leaguers. and That's a role to embrace, but people make a great living doing it. And that's something that I'm, for I, sure. I've kind of implanted in my head. Like, you know what, if that's what it comes down to, of course I have higher goals and I think I, I know I can, but if that's what it comes down to, it's a good living. But there was a certain point where, like, I was down in the minors, but I knew no matter how good I played, I wasn't gonna go back up unless there was injury. Like, it's just the reality of pro, man. It's not a chirp, it's not a complaint. It's just the reality of pro. And I played well. I got COVID, perfect excuse for them to send me down. I get sent down. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going back up unless there's injury. Like, that's just the reality. So then I just like embraced L.A. and like living, and I started trying surfing and. I wasn't playing great in the minors, which wasn't probably great for my career, but I like really enjoyed myself. You know, I tried to like be happy. Like you said, I get to wake up and look at the beach, like in Orlando, the sun is out every day. Yeah. I'm playing Hockey and getting paid. Like I have to be the best I could possibly be, but like, wow, this is really cool. I'm, and I really should try and soak it up. And I, I tried this year. I'm actually proud to say that towards the end of the year, I tried to like, be like, okay, I'm not going to be in LA last year. I kind of had the feeling in the room, just soak it up
2: like enjoy it. it. It's, it's not against you losing that drive. It's just like, take a step back and embrace where you're at right now. You know, like what you've been through, like, you know, it's okay to take a month off mentally and just be like, okay, I'm going to enjoy where I'm at right now. And then now, like in the off season, you got to work and you did what you had to do to, you know, put yourself in a successful place or, you know, a chance to be successful in a new destination, like it, it is okay to sit back and, and, and not sit on your successes, but just enjoy where you're at. And like, take a step back and take a breather and just accept, you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. So I might as well enjoy LA a little bit. while uh, you know, my buddies are sucking it up in Montreal, or, you know, wherever, you know, Whatever. I
0: mean. Yeah, you get those experiences playing hockey. You get to live in so many fucking like you think about how many professions you can choose and, and even sports. Like you think of like, you know, Wooly's grown up in Michigan, we're growing up in Minnesota. I mean, how many sports can we really turn pro in? I mean, football, good luck, basketball, yeah. baseball. Golf? Good luck. Like I mean, the golfers are coming out of fucking Arizona, California, Florida. We can only play golf fucking six months out of the year. Our only chance is to play hockey. And and when you play hockey, you meet all these fucking people. You live in so many different towns. You live in so many different states. I mean, you know, Woolies in the NHL and in AHL Street's so playing in the, the big states. Well Ols we're playing the coast where you know I'm going to Tulsa Oklahoma I'm going to fucking Kansas City you know I'm going to Idaho I'm going to you know all the other places but it's you just you you get to see fucking cool things and it's really a cool life I mean it it, it really is and and, you, and then after you know that's the great thing we're we're over in north america and we feel at home here but after if you're like ah like you know like kind of feel like relaxing a little bit might as well go play hockey over in europe because it's relaxing over the- <laughs> you know like, you play like 40 games a year again and you get to go over to europe and like fucking you play two games a week or one game a week and then you travel the rest of the week to italy or fucking wherever it is like it's a great goddamn game. It's unbelievable. I heard
1: you guys say that last week. Like that was one of your regrets is not going over to Europe and like not to to kick you while you're down. But I agree with you guys. Like, yeah. two very very capable players. I mean, you still can, boys. Still oh,
0: can. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You could you could start working out and start skating, and you Dude, could probably head over there. <laughs> you're both
1: like, and that, yeah. like, there's you, leagues in Europe where like you might have to bite it little bit and like not make that much money but like oh I'm going to play hey, your 22 year old girlfriend would love this hey do you want to go play in the south of france we're not going to make that much money but there's a league in the south of france how's a year there for a life experience sound it doesn't get much yeah. better man like yeah. both yeah. you guys I just saying, say to your girlfriend. sorry boys say to your girlfriend like like this, this is a life experience for all parties like i said you're not going to probably make that much Money in some of these really nice towns, and it's good enough hockey where you're gonna have fun, probably score a couple goals.
4: Yeah, I that's don't know. True.
1: Like, I, I think Europe is so cool, and I think it's cool how many leagues there are. How many leagues there are there's like there's an SPHL, there's an ECHL of Europe,
0: yeah? Oh, yeah, might there
1: might be less chance of injury, yeah? Don't give us arm,
0: and 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 we're, I mean, yeah, seriously, boys, like it would be unreal. Oh, well, it'd be great, I mean. Yeah, you you go over there and you just fucking have a great time fucking playing hockey. Like there's nothing like there's nothing like being a hockey player, right? Like that's one of the best parts. And that's one of my that's what my coach told me at uh, Ann Arbor, you know, right? So he's like, some of you guys, you're going to like you're going to like playing hockey. And that's where you want to be. And then some of you guys are going to like being a hockey player and you know when he said that to us you know in my head i was thinking the whole time like oh fuck i kind of like being a hockey player <laughs> you know like <laughs> i'm not i'm not really on the side of i like playing hockey i was i was more on the side of like i like being the hockey player from the locker room experiences and the travel and just the fucking memories you get to have but yeah i mean that's Olsen and I definitely could. I mean, if we also, how funny would it be if if we both just decided to rent out a rink and start shooting pucks and skating, and we both just traveled overseas to play for the same team? Dude, that should be your, that should, <laughs> that
1: should be like your vlog. Like your you do a has-been has vlog. Could probably, just like you, you recover it. it.
0: Oh yeah, you could easily do it if you, you guys, wanted like, to. This is the funny part
1: coming back from the dead and like making a career somehow you guys somehow go from like south of france tier three league like you make it to like the first league and then next year like sweden's calling and all of a sudden things are stacking up and you're just you're just a stud again you're
2: just so like, could you imagine that would be insane whole time just picking up picking up uh sponsorships and everything and the whole time we're just telling our story we're just fucking around and we just make it to the top league in Europe.
3: Oh that'd be hilarious.
0: We're gonna have to make it Tough a bit enough. you can do it. Yeah. Right,
3: you
0: go ahead. yeah we're not even we're not even 30 yet. I mean you don't peak to like what, did, what do they say like 28 to 32 your peak? We're right in the yeah. middle of it. We're right
1: there. We're right yeah there. we're yeah if you put it that way we're just getting started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's good shit. Well, um, we've, we've spent enough time on here, fellas. Um, great episode. One of my favorites. Well, great seeing you again, brother. Hopefully you, uh, you know, can enjoy your, can enjoy your time with talk out there and Brock with the, uh, Canucks fucking four UND guys out in Vancouver. I don't know. That's, uh, that's pretty exciting. And that's, that's the one, that's the one camp I'll be paying attention to. So. Um thanks for coming on Wall. really appreciate having you here but uh probably going to be a recurring guest I mean that was a great time.
1: Yeah I, I love being here boys it was great to catch up with you guys like I said I think it's it's a shame that we don't talk enough but I'm outside of the mini loop so uh I'll take a lot of blame for it. We'll, um we'll
2: get, we'll get you here next off season.
1: Yeah I'd love it. But honestly you guys I I know I texted you guys both when you started this and it's really cool to see two buddies just uh yucking it up i listen to you guys whatever every couple weeks depending on the guests i'll be a little bit biased if it's a bulldog <laughs> or whatever but i've uh when it's, if it's a Sue boy i generally listen and you guys are a lot of fun to listen to uh but i appreciate you boys for having me on it was it was a lot of fun um and i wish you guys success with this going forward Cheers thanks to, brother it was a lot of fun boys
2: thanks brother good luck this year
1: thanks well,
0: thanks for all Thank you boys. And, uh, we'll see you all next week